Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz are back in action tonight. Officially, Joe Ingles is questionable, so you're saying there's a chance to get him back and then uh, see where they go from there as far as getting the other guys out of COVID protocols. The Jazz have lost three, three straight road games. they got Cleveland coming in. Cleveland's kind of been going sideways all year. They're five games over 500, sixth in the East with a 23-18 and 18 record. Uh, and a little below 500 over the last three weeks. So, the team that is red hot now with a 10th consecutive victory, the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Golden State Warriors at home in Tennessee, 116 108. Now, Warriors are probably going to go through a period here readjusting with Clay Thompson. That's going to move everybody into new roles, and Clay's got to get acclimated. So, if the Warriors don't look good over the next two weeks or so, I don't think that's a big deal. Get to February, certainly after the All-Star break, expect them to start looking better. And if they don't, then I think then we can start talking about what that means for them as a contender. What does a win for Memphis mean as a contender? Well, after 20 games, they were 10-10. and 10. And since then, they have gone 19-4, and 4, including 10 straight wins. They have tied the Jazz for third in the Western Conference, and they are streaking and looking really good right now. Suns have the best record in the NBA. They beat Toronto 99-95. You may have seen a dust-up with Devin Booker shooting free throws. Matt at the mascot, who was behind the basket, being a distraction. That's something that mascots do to entertain fans. Of course, there are no fans in Toronto, so I don't know what the role of the mascot is. Entertain viewers on TV? I I don't get it. It doesn't matter. Phoenix won the game. So they are now a game in front of the Warriors and three and a half up on the Jazz and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are actually percentage points behind the Jazz in fourth place, but both teams are three and a half back. Jazz have played two less games. They got one less win. They got one less loss. For the Jazz, they need to start playing better, and obviously they need Rudy Gobert back because they're giving up about 120 points a night without him. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to take a break right now. When, oh, one other NFL note. Joe Judge was fired. Seven NFL jobs open right now. The coaching carousel spinning. Will it spin down to college football? Will it spin down to the Pac-12 or the Big 12? Jim Harbaugh is the name that's out there, but you never know when the dominoes start moving. We've talked about the Bulls hired a coach, and it's a chain of events led to Utah State getting a new coach. So you never know. All right, DJ and PK. We're taking a break. When we come back, talking basketball with Tim Lacombe, jazz analyst. Stay with us. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You hear Tim Lacombe on the radio on Jazz Games. He joined us during yesterday's show. He'll drop in a couple of last nights because of that, referring to the loss in Detroit. But you will get the point anyway. Here's Tim Lacombe. and twelve eighty the zone. We are brought to you in part by Bill Bar. Whether it's double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia, or salted caramel, enjoy Bill Bar. One hundred percent real chocolate, one hundred percent real delicious. Order yours today at built.com and save ten percent off your order using promo code zone at checkout. That's Built Bar. Time to welcome in Tim Lacombe. Worked for Rick Majerus at the U. Worked for Dave Rose at the Y. Now you hear him on. 
Jazz Radio pregame, halftime, and postgame shows. Tim, good morning. Good morning, man. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. Happy 2022 to you. Yeah, hey, just right back at you, man. Right back at you and your cohort. He's going to remain quiet. No, I'm not. Okay. I didn't know I was he, supposed to he speak. He always makes me guess if he's really there. Of course <laughs> I'm really there. Where else would I be? I didn't know it was my turn to speak. I thought you might be at like an exotic location playing golf. Nice. No, I'm right here. So, it's a happy 2022 until you see your team give up 78 points in the second half. What does Quinn Snyder say? How does he react? Put yourself in his shoes. You know, it's, man, I'm telling you, it's a really difficult one. Um, And I think the qualifying statement you make is the defense is built around Rudy Gobert. We've known that forever, but I, I think it's pretty blatantly obvious now that um, he really does hold just about everything together on the defensive side. Um, You know, we went into a big, in fact, I went somewhere last night prior to the game. I was invited into David Locke's laboratory. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew he had a lab, but he has a lab, has Bunsen burners and fax machines whirling and um, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff. But David was driving down the canyon, and he had a thought, so he you know, called me, and I was just the conduit to kind of look up stats. But this Detroit team, if you if you take this Detroit team and you, you put them against the rest of the league, they are 10 points below league average in points per possession. Um, and find anything similar. You have to go back to when Charlotte was the Bobcats and um, when New Jersey, the Nets, were still playing there in in the Garden State instead of Brooklyn. Um, You know, you have to go back a long way to find a team that has been as bad offensively as this Detroit Pistons team. And going into the game last night without Jeremy Grant, you'd think no matter what the Jazz do, they'll figure out a way to get this team stopped. And um, I, I think, obviously, really, really big issues um, kind of stemmed. And they they lost the game. I didn't think they were capable of losing, to be honest with you. So you think it's a midseason lull, or it is an issue that it needs to be taken more seriously? I think there's all sorts of factors at play. Again, I mean, you know, the way that the DJ just carried this show, if it were just, you know, you take him out of it and it's DJ and PK, but PK's the only one that shows up every day, you're going to suffer. Yeah, we have from time to time. <laughs> um, no, I mean, honestly, though, it's the way the defense is built and the way that, you know, guys – as Marcus Morris said eloquently earlier in the year, funnel everything to go bare. I think, I think what came to my mind as this was going on is, man, Marcus Morris was dead right. Your turn. 
Tim Lacombe joining us right here. I am curious if you believe that the Jazz are championship contenders or if you've seen the Warriors and the Suns and the Jazz are just going to do the best they can here. But those two teams, are they've pulled away. Well, I would have a couple of weeks ago, I would have thought, you know, I would have answered that affirmatively yes. But I mean, even Donovan last night in the postgame talked about, you know, the Jazz are kidding themselves if they want to put themselves in. You know, you don't just proclaim yourself a title contender. I mean, you do that on the floor. Um, I watched the Warriors the other night with Clayback, and, um, you know, he's, he's certainly got a little ways to go shape wise, but like those guys play. Those guys play on the defensive end as though they really do want to win a championship. Um, and then, you know, the Suns have have had a, another really good year. I, I'm going to say the Jazz are capable of being in the equation, but their play as of late, and again, I understand they've had, like the rest of the league, they've had a ton of, of guys out um, and injuries. And then, like you said, PK, there's, there is something to the midseason lull. I think there's every year you could go pick four or five games and just kind of shrug your shoulders. Uh, so this is one of them. Not not an overreaction, but just in terms of the team mindset on defense has just got to change. I mean, guys have to do more. And Donovan talked about it last night. Guys one through seventeen. Um, you know, this isn't a we problem right now. This becomes an I problem. What can I do to help fix this? And um, and you know, that's where we are. Do you think this lull or slump, whatever you want to say it is? is going to hasten the urgency to make a move? Um, my guess would be yes. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guys capable of making a basket on this team, which is awesome. There's a lot of guys, you know, more so than ever, guys that can can make a play for another guy, and that's really important. In fact, if you go watch that, rewatch that game, and, and David sent me a whole big long list of stats last night after rewatching it. Um, but you know, there were, in relation to whether the way the Jazz play, there were, you know, crazy number of one and two and zero pass possessions coming down the stretch in the fourth quarter, where a guy just made his mind up: I'm going to drive it, and I'm either going to score it, or I'm going to get fouled. And unfortunately, a lot of those ended up in turnovers. Um, it's just not jazz basketball. And and so, yeah, I mean, my thought looking on the outside looking in, I think you've got some pieces that um, kind of replicate themselves and perhaps you might want to diversify, you know, a couple of spots on your team and, and try to shore up the defensive side a little more. They have played a lot of guys we haven't seen much of. Do you think any of them – have you spotted any of them and said, this guy's an NBA guy, he can help the Jazz, maybe he can help somebody else? Eric Paschal. I mean, I, Eric's got to get in better shape, but I really like him. Uh, I think he plays the right way. I think he plays hard. You know, he just came um, He came to the game last night and brought energy. I think he's a guy that can guard the ball and guard perimeter. Um, you know, I was really disappointed in Royce O'Neal's defense last night. I know we give him a ton of credit a lot. But he, he was not very good defensively last night. And, you know, if he's not going to be out there really being great defensively and only taking two or three shots, you know, what's why, why 35 minutes? And 
So I would say that, yeah, I think there may be some opportunity to utilize some of the stuff you've got. And I, I really do like Pascal. I, I think he's, uh, I think he's a winner. And then I've really liked seeing what I've seen at Daniel House. Uh, I know he didn't have the best game against Indiana, but again, last night came into the game and did some good things. He's a guy who you definitely jumps off the film that he can guard the ball and he keeps guys in front of him. And um, he's got some good length to him, you know. But that's a guy that's intriguing to me because they got him. You know, the way they they are able to acquire him, I think there's a place on the team for a guy who can who can get down in a stance and keep people in front. Yeah, but when everybody's healthy, whose minutes do these guys take? I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about the guys that are in the rotation because they're going to determine the success of this team in the playoffs. Yeah, and I guess that's the that's the big question. Um, you know, I think again, the Jazz have been league almost you know league history leading offensively. Um, but you know, you remember the years where the Jazz were were crazy the other way, where they were really really positioned around defense and, and struggled on the offensive side to shoot it. Um, so it's almost as though the pendulum swung completely the other way, and it's just just needs to have a couple of guys who are willing to um, give a little bit more on the defensive end. My, I, you know, the beautiful part is in my job now, I can just talk about concepts and ideas, and necessarily have to actually make the hard decisions. Um, but if you watch the film and, and you really are looking for opportunities, I, I think they're there. You I mean, I think there's an opportunity to play. Uh, a guy like Pascal in a situation where there's, you know, where the ball's not moving, where uh, guys aren't really guarding their their yard, you know, and, and that's up to Quinn. And I don't know who, I don't know who and how and when. And, and again, right now everything's all kind of discombobulated too, with so many guys out, and really the the cornerstone of your team defensively. And I would almost say, you know, leads to. He really does give guys advantage with his screens, whether they be off ball, you know, and they can curl into the paint with an advantage or in a ball screen. And nobody sets a better ball screen than Gobert. Um, Really clears a way for guys to get downhill, and then that's where the blender can start. So, I mean, they miss him a ton right now. There's no question about it. So we can talk stats and X's and O's, but how much of this is just grit and determination and New Jersey toughness? And I'll use Hassan Whiteside as an example because I thought it was so obvious, but I don't think it's limited to him. I think it's up and down the roster. But in the game in Detroit, he gets his shot blocked twice right out of the gate. He starts 0 for 2, and he's getting a shot blocked by a guy who's, I don't know, 4 or 5 inches shorter. It just shouldn't be happening. And then he inbounds the ball and doesn't see an opposing player, and basically throws it right to him. And the guy hesitates for a second and then looks at Hassan, kind of sizes him up and decides, I'm going to dunk on you. And he dunks on him, and Hassan doesn't even get off the floor. So at this point, you might as well have me in the game because I can get my shot blocked and I can get dunked on. But something snaps, Hassan flexes for a second, and he spends the next quarter and a half beating up all the undersized guys they throw at him. He's blocking shots. He's dunking on alley-oops. They give him the ball on the floor, and he's dunking. He's doing exactly what they got him for. It doesn't bear any resemblance at all to the first three or four minutes. 
And I think he's just going to run roughshod over these guys all night long. But then the second half, he just kind of disappears. I didn't think it was really good or really bad. He just got caught up in the flow of the game and it was going against the Jazz. Isn't that just mental focus and determination? Yeah, I mean, in part, partly there too. Rewatching it last night, you know, the very the, the Pistons changed the way they guarded and switched everything. So Kryptonite rears its head once again. That's why the roles and stuff went open. His son got so many things early on um, by virtue of, yes, being locked in after a tough start, uh, but then just really was the beneficiary of good ball movement, you know, as guys played on an advantage. The issue when teams switch is they, they Jazz really struggle to create an advantage. Um, it's almost as if the, the switching in the Jazz mind just says, okay, we're going to stop trying to move it and we're going to drive it ourselves and we're going to try to beat this thing. And, you know, I've seen it time and time again, and I know that's obviously not the way they're coached. They're coached to play off the pass. And so it's it's just an instinct, I think, when teams start to switch that guys feel like they got to fix it. And the result is no ball movement, you know, less advantage, tougher shots, and an easier way for a team to make a run on you. Since they have this losing streak now after coming off a pretty good streak, you don't want it to extend, obviously. So how big do you view these next few games? Well, they're in for a fight. And tomorrow night, It's uh, the Cavs are they're one of my favorite teams in the league to watch. They've got length galore. They, they play three seven-footers on the, on the floor. Um, and, and then they've got, in my mind, one of the, the best up-and-coming guards in Darius Garland. But their style of play, they come at you hard, man. They're, they're hard-hat-wearing guys. They have the ability to play above the rim, and they definitely get up in you on, on the defensive side. So, you know, there isn't time to feel bad for yourself. I think these games are really important. Again, the Jazz are, you know, if they're entire, there's a and that they're playing, you know, at half strength. Um, but again, much the didn't have Jeremy Green last night, who's lead, their leading scorer and and by far best player. So you, you Quinn uses the term you got to you got to adapt to situation you're in, and that's really what the Jazz have to do. Um, will it make or break their season if they go on and lose a couple more with Rudy out? No, um, we've all seen that. You know. Last year, the Jazz finished number one record in the West and, and did not get where they wanted to go. So the most important basketball is played between April and June. The lessons learned through a season, and I'm going to repeat this, lessons learned through a season and the journey of a season really define how you're going to play in those months. And the highs don't always equate, you know, the fact you're going to play terrific and the lows don't always equate to the fact you're not. Um, but it's lessons learned along the way, and hopefully there's a lesson learned you know, on focus and resolve and the ability to adapt that came out of this road trip. Have you ever seen, do you remember anyone doing what Clay Thompson is doing, being away from the game for two and a half years and then trying to come back at a high level? How long was Jordan gone? A year and a half. I mean, that's what it reminded me of, right? Like watching all the fanfare prior to him coming out on the court and, you know, 
just that whole excitement. And I know Clay's not the level of, of Michael, but um, pretty close. You know, he's a guy who won championships and people around the, the world know his name. Um, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, I, I think the game's really important to him. Winning's really important to him. And it's killed him to have to sit and watch. But, you know, to the Warriors' credit, we talk about adapting. You know, there would be a lot of reasons, particularly this year, too, you know, without him back to maybe start the season uh, and not be at your best. But they they went out and acquired a bunch of guys who really want to get down in the trenches and guard. Um, they have the best in defense in the, in the league. And it's really Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and a bunch of um, – two-way guys I mean or, or guys like Wiggins who's kind of you know re- resurrected his career there um, but I you know I haven't seen I haven't seen really much of it since Jordan you know when Jordan came back after trying to hit the curveball um, and I'm excited for Clay you know he, he looked like he there's only one way to play yourself in the game shape that's to play you know you can't can't simulate that so I know that it, that'll be the kind of the grueling part for him but I mean, he dunked in the game and made three threes. Um, and, you know, his team won against a good Cavs team that the Jazz are going to see. Tim, we appreciate the time. Don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you again soon. All you got to do is call. There's Tim Lacombe. When we come back, college football and college football playoffs with Tim Brando from Fox Sports next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We had Tim Brando on in the 9 o'clock hour. He's never short on opinions when it comes to college football. Will Urban Meyer get another job? When will they go to a 12-team playoff? Here is Tim Brando with PK and I. Tim, thanks for joining us again. Good morning, DJ. PJ, how are you? We are doing well this morning. I am curious if you found that that championship game was... A satisfying end to the season or the expansion to the 12-team playoff looms over us and the fact it was two SEC teams wrecked it even if the fourth quarter was dramatic? Look, you know, with all of its foibles and with all of the issues that are off the field that, you know, I'm I'm sure maybe a lot of people that follow me on Twitter uh, get a little bit fatigued by my complaints, um, the college game is still the greatest game. It's one of the reasons why... I um, I feel the need to point out the problems because I love it so much. And I think people know that my criticism is genuine and it comes from a prism of love. And if they don't, well, then, you know, they're, they're lost in Twitterville and total negativity because uh, they don't know my past and they don't know my present and they don't understand that I still feel my future uh, involves college football until the day I die. And uh, but, but but the bottom line is that game in the as bad as it was for a half, and it was pretty bad uh, for a half. It was uh, it looked like a lot of of SEC rematches we've seen in the past. Um, uh, you know, the 2011 LSU Alabama game was the, in the BCS is what helped us get to four teams because it was just a colossal bore. Uh, I don't think LSU got past the 50-yard line in that game in New Orleans uh, that night. Uh, America just doesn't like to see rematches, and particularly rematches with teams out of the same conference that played a month ago. 
I don't know what the rating will be. My guess is it will not be very good, probably uh, 10%, 15%, maybe less than the Ohio State-Alabama game a year ago. Um, but it was, uh, as, as college football can be, and only college football can be, it delivered uh, in, in, in ways uh, that, that professional sports simply can't. You know, a preferred walk-on who, who was not recruited by anybody uh, that was major uh, coming out of high school, that went to a small junior college, and then after he excelled at, at, at the, the, the J.C. in the state of Mississippi, uh, pretty much turned down Georgia when they asked him to come back but his dream as a kid was to be a starting quarterback in Athens, Georgia. And he outduels and makes the biggest plays uh, of his life against the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, and, and slays the dragon that is Alabama football. Uh, that's, I mean, that's legendary. Okay, they'll be talking about that uh, in Athens, Georgia. And, you know, college football's currency is its history. You know, it really is. And... To have waited 41 years to win a national title since Herschel Walker was a freshman uh, to get it, and to have been so close as Georgia has been for a handful of years, and it was Alabama that did them in most of the time, cost them their chance. Um, to have this kid pull it off when everybody, I mean, up until the third my man Joel Klatt, and I actually retweeted it, said if JT Daniels is, is can walk, he needs to come into the game. And then, boom, okay, look what happened. Um, you know, only college football fellas can deliver that. Only college football. And even with its issues, NIL, transfer portal, uh, the thought that we're losing, you know, what amateurism is all about uh, because of the changes that are being made in intercollegiate athletics and specifically college football, you can just throw all that out. Okay, the, the the greater good won out last night, and uh, we should celebrate it. We we really should. From the Pac-12 perspective, George Kalofkoff, the new commissioner, before the Pac-12 title game, he was very blunt in saying that we have got to do a much better job in terms of keeping West Coast kids in the conference. Now, you look at George Alabama, Bryce Young throws a – an interception at the end of the game. So he's from California. Uh, Ringo, the kid who catches it, is from the Phoenix area, right? So you got you got one <laughs> yeah. for going all – two kids literally in the Pac-12 area, just miles mm-hmm. miles away uh, from from three schools, basically, four schools if you co- count uh, the U of A and ASU and then the two L.A. schools. Uh, it's an issue. It's a serious issue. What can be done from the Pac-12 perspective? Because it seems like they've got a commissioner who's willing to acknowledge that everything isn't great, and they've created this uh, sort of all-star panel of ex-players in the conference to try to do stuff. From your perspective, what can be done to buoy up the Pac-12 in, in terms of being able to be stronger and going a long way towards keeping kids home in the conference? I look forward to meeting Kliavkov because I've I've liked some of what I've seen him say. Uh, I've not met uh, George yet. I look forward to it. Uh, I really do. I think uh, his acumen, particularly uh, from the standpoint of um, of um, uh, the gaming aspect of, of, of college sports and how that can help drive interests uh, from those that maybe 
we need to coerce to come over to the college side. Um, college football is, and college sports in general, uh, is, is I think, an afterthought in cer- certain corridors of the country. And, and the West Coast has become one of those corridors. And that's unfortunate. Uh, I, I would recommend that his blue ribbon panel include some people from outside the West Coast because, you know, I've had this conversation with many athletic directors uh, and past commissioners, um, and I'm close to um, some of them. I was close to all of them uh, before a lot of them retired. You know, um, the, the former ACC commissioner uh, I was close with. Uh, Jim Delaney is somebody I, I know very, very well. Uh, Mike Slive before he died, and I were very good friends and close. And I, and I know Greg Sankey uh, from the SEC. But part of what's going on right now that's a problem uh, is the inability uh, to unify these these leaders of commission, the commissioners of all the different conferences. They've got to find some common ground uh, to specifically talk to the issues that are affecting uh, the Pac-12. They, they really need to admit that they need to find a new blueprint in the Pac-12. Okay, for instance, in Salt Lake at Utah, okay, there is a natural fandom that the Utes have for themselves. And that was evidenced at the Rose Bowl. You may have lost the game, okay, but you won the gate. That was clear. And I, I think that's true with a lot of Pac-12 schools where the college community really does take over the metropolitan area. And Salt Lake does have a, a metropolitan area. It's, in a lot of ways, a big little place that's engulfed by the university um, and, by extension, by, by other universities. The whole dynamic with BYU and Utah serves to help both, I think. That, that rivalry uh, serves to help both. You don't have that when you go into the state, by, by example, of Arizona, okay? Uh, it's just there's so much geography, so much vast land between locations that this notion that everybody from the conference can get on the same page, it just doesn't happen, okay? The mindset of fans is completely different. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, you can't change history. There's... There's just a lot of history uh, with with certain schools and college football, but you can develop you can develop interest and energy and enthusiasm by by doing what's in the best interest of the sport. Uh, for years, having the title game in Santa Clara was just a mistake, a big mistake. Um, hopefully, that's going to change. Um, the, the notion that um, the Pac-12 is for whatever reason steadfast about not wanting to go to 12 teams for fear that uh, more SEC teams will get in if we don't go the AQ route. Look, I, I, I don't care, and I would love to have this conversation with guys like Klavkov, uh as well as uh, Jim Phillips, the new commissioner of the ACC, whom I know and respect. But, you know, you're the league that needs to have 12 teams in the playoff more than anybody. Okay, you're hemorrhaging money. You're not making in television what other conferences are making. So whatever your issues are, as it relates to meeting and not coming to 
any kind of conclusion about expansion, uh, that needs to be repaired. Uh, and, and listen, these kids want to be on television. They want to know that their own individual brands will grow with the brand of the conference. And, and right now, there are a lot of unanswered questions about that particular direction with the Pac-12. So anytime you have uh, greater access and, and a 12-team format would give the Pac-12 at least, you're guaranteed you're, you're going to get one in, and you might get more. Why worry about the SEC or anybody else getting multiple teams in? Okay, that, that, they need to fix that. You want to keep teams at home, then you need to make sure that the players out there know that you take college football seriously. Uh, these kids that are going to the SEC from the West Coast, they know, and, and you can scoff at it all you want, but they know that college football is a big deal down here. You know, I've grown up in the South. I li- I've lived in Louisiana all but uh, four years of my life when I was in Connecticut working at ESPN in the late 80s. Uh, I, I lived somewhere else. But the rest of my life, I've either been in uh, my hometown, which is Shreveport. I live here. I've been here for 31 years since I moved back from Connecticut. Uh, and I worked in Baton Rouge and New Orleans, the other places. So uh, it's a part of our lives. It's a fabric of our lives. Um, and, and I just don't believe that, uh, you know, you can do that on the West Coast because of, you know, the pro sports mentality of so many fans. Uh, basketball is a much bigger deal at some schools. Uh, Arizona, I think, falls into that category, a few other places. Uh, football players want to play where they believe they're noticed and appreciated. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why Kyle, or Kyle Whittingham, has done such a great job at Utah. Uh, Utah players know that they're noticed and they know that they're appreciated, particularly there. Uh, and as I said, that was um, even though you lost the game to Ohio State, I still think it was the best game of the bowl season. And 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 of the losing teams, no one appeared stronger, okay, in defeat than uh, the Utes. Tim Brando joining us, college football and basketball broadcaster for Fox Sports. So the Pac-12 needs a path back to national relevance, and money seems like the shortest route. What are the odds a program like USC or Oregon, maybe somebody else, but one of those two grabs name, image, and likeness and pours a ton of money directly into player and essentially into player acquisition? Well, again, that was another thing I thought. Uh, uh, when they were having the, the uh, press conferences at the uh, national championship, uh, Saban and, and uh, Kirby Smart were both. Oh, you know, we really need to get some, uh, you know, some national uh, regulations going here. <laughs> How are you going to do that? Okay, first off, uh, it, it, it you know Congress isn't going to bail you out. The NCAA tried to get them to help. That 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 didn't work. The NCAA could have been you know, taking a leadership role. They chose not to. Uh, they're decentralizing now. I think uh, Emmert has decided if I can make $4 million a year and not have to do anything, that's what I'll do. <laughs> um, so it's up to the states. And I think, look, look, the schools, most of the schools are state universities. Some are private, but most of them are state schools. They need to put the pressure on to make sure that they get – uh, the right kind of laws in place so they can take advantage of name, image, and likeness. So be proactive in that regard. Uh, and yeah, uh, this is about 
doing what's right for the growth of your sport and for the people that you're trying to procure to come and play it. The genie is out of the bottle. Anybody, and I've got friends of mine that are my age and older, uh, you know, and I'm a very young 65, right, fellas? A young yeah. Oh, no question. I thought you were yeah, 55. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what I'm saying is if, if people have a problem with this, we're not winding the clock back. We're not going to bring the, the boat back into dock. That, that baby, that ship has sailed. And, and we're going to have to live with this. Times are changing, and you got to change with it. And uh, the NIL is a big deal. And those schools that are going to, and I had planned for it. You know, individual schools planned on this. There are agencies and firms privately run that, that help the schools plan for and uh, are implementing what needs to be done uh, to monitor what's going on with NIL. And if you were asleep at the switch, then shame on you. Uh, but, yeah, the, the best way to go about it, and listen, it's a marketing opportunity, and I think we'll, the schools that are best equipped to handle it, sure, are places like SC, um, maybe UCLA, although I don't know you know, what their thought process is. They're certainly well-positioned, uh, and, and, and Oregon is another one that could fall into the category. But if you don't take advantage of that, then this, that's on you. You've got to be prepared. And, and be ready to go. And uh, all the money that they've spent through the years on compliance officers at these schools, uh, they need to be spending uh, a, a lot more money on, you know, public relations 101, NIL 101, and and get people in there to, to yes, keep an eye on what's going on, but also be proactive to help uh, the athletes get the kind of deals that they can be happy with and know that they're, they're being compensated in a fair and equitable manner by comparison to those schools that they're in competition with. Uh, everything's changed here. And if a lot of fans have tuned out or they feel like it's not the same, well, you know what? Uh, times change. And, and if you don't change with them, that you're going to be left behind. Um, uh, the notion that uh, these kids today are playing for old state U. Uh, sorry, that's not how they think these days, okay? Yeah, they want to play college ball, but they also want to play college ball at a place they believe can set them up uh, for their futures. And that's the mindset of the guys, whether they have the ability to play at the next level or not. Which AD has the guts to hire Urban Meyer? <laughs> Man, that's a good one. Oh, God. Oh. That is a boy. That's a hell of a question. Uh, I was thinking about this uh, last night, watching uh, Dan Mullen do some um, studio uh, analyst work for ESPN. You know, Dan's going to be—he's probably going to take a year off. He doesn't have got so much money. These guys are paid so much money not to coach. Why coach? But I could see Urban going someplace and maybe calling his old buddy Mullen's available. You know, yeah. right? So. That could be a ready-made staff, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> they were here in Utah. That's a great, that, that, that is a great question. Um, somebody will. Uh, it, it may take another year or two, but, but somebody will. Uh, he'll never coach, obviously, at the, at the NFL level. But, um, gosh, I, you know, Urban was so good on TV. I, I wonder sometimes – does he rethink uh, even going to the NFL? Because he had really, I thought, 
changed his uh, image uh, in a very positive way in the time that he spent with us at Fox. Right. Uh, I mean, he was really good in that studio. Uh, but I don't know. That's a, boy, that's a great question. I'll have to think about that one. And I probably will all day long, now that you asked. <laughs> Do you think it's impossible that he get hired and coached it? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, no, slam the door, that's over. Are you comfortable saying that and us holding on to the tape and playing it for you when he gets hired and you come with, back with on the show? To, uh, no, with Urban? Uh I, I don't know. I don't think it's ever really over. Okay, um, uh, let's let's by comparison uh, let's let's by comparison think about uh, guys that fell into disfavor uh, for uh, alleged stories that were of questionable uh, alleged stories of questionable morality. Okay, Hugh um, Freeze resurfaced, did he not? Yep, at Liberty. Yeah, Jerry Falwell, you were crying out loud. Yeah. So, and the guy can coach. The, the big question in this part of the country is when will an SEC AD, you know, rehire Hugh Freeze? Uh, Urban's situation is different but similar, and and so I, I would never say never. <laughs> I, I would never. I would never say never. I, I would say never to the NFL. I mean, that you know, that, that'll never happen. But at the collegiate level, would would somebody do that? Yeah, yeah, look, these guys, the man has got a track record in college sports of being, you know, one of the best ever. I mean, um, you look at um, Mount Rushmore for uh, the last uh, 25 to 30 years of college football, and Urban, you know, uh, uh, until recently, uh, Urban would have been on it. You know, uh, maybe not now, but he certainly would have been on it prior to you know, his escapades in Jacksonville. If Sarkeesian doesn't work at Texas, that is the fan base that is so rabid and so motivated and cannot accept getting beat like a drum in the SEC by Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and LSU. Can't accept it. That's a good point. I would say that it'll be a while, I think, fellas, before we see those teams go into the SEC. Uh, Have you noticed how how all that conversation has cooled? Um, you know, the, uh, the the realignment, which is driving, I think, in so many respects, why the, the athletic directors and commissioners of the conferences uh, are saying no to expansion right now. One of the, the, the ways that they can, that, you know, the, the excuses that they can give is until realignment is settled and until um, we have our new television contracts for our conferences, we're we're going to make these guys, you know, stand up to the grant of rights that they paid. You know, it's still I think the number might go from eighty million to maybe sixty million because of years with Oklahoma and Texas. But those schools don't want to pay that money right now, even though they've got all the money that they need. They don't want to pay that money to go into the SEC right now and get their butts kicked. They're not ready. They're not ready to go into that league uh, at this stage. And and I look the, the the Big Twelve is set now with um, with Cincinnati and with UCF, uh, with Houston and with um, BYU. Um, they're, they're set to have their league without those two schools, but as long as they can hold on to them financially, their rights for television are much greater if they stay where they are. So they're they're not going to push them out 
They're going to make them pay the money to get out if they want to. But I think it's at least going to be a couple of years before we see those schools go into the Southeastern Conference. Uh, And by the way, uh, the SEC on CBS is going to stay in place probably for three years because uh, they only paid $55 million annually for that contract. The ESPN paid over $300 million to get it away, but they don't get the actual product until 2025. Why would CBS give that up unless ESPN paid them market value for it? So I I think we're going to see everything settle, and we're going to still have the teams where they are for at least the next couple of years. That's the reason why you're seeing the the idea of moving to 12 uh, right now in the playoff. That's the reason why you're seeing everybody say, no, we're not going to agree to this. Because all these commissioners want to get their new TV deals intact before they make the big splash with with a 12-team format. They're playing a game of chicken right now, and I think the game is is all built around their new TV deals that have to be done. Once they feel like they've gotten all their money for that, then and only then will they say, "Okay, yeah, we'll go to twelve because we can make two billion a year uh, on the college football playoff, as opposed to you know six hundred and seventy million they currently make." I love amateur athletics. <laughs> it's listen. I've been saying this for years. Uh, fans don't necessarily care. Uh, media, we can talk about it. Uh, but but fans do need to understand that it is big business. And uh, the question oftentimes comes up, yeah, but these are college kids. And I'll go, yeah, but what is the mission of your university? All right, what is, what is the mission statement of your university? And, and you know, a lot of times people will go, well, they're, they're there to educate our young people. Okay, yeah, they are. But would you put, would you also say, that the mission statement is to make as much money as humanly possible. I don't know if you guys have sent your kids to college, yeah. but I, I sent a, a, my two girls, and, and I'm here to tell you, most institutions of higher learning, their mission statement begins with making money. Education, yes, but making money, too. And these schools now know how much more they can make on big-time college athletics. And... uh for any fan or, or any member of the media not to understand that is just burying your head in the sand. Tuition was due on Friday the 7th, and they did not announce whether the school, which is out of state uh, from Utah, didn't, the school did mm-hmm. not announce until after tuition was due whether they were going to be online or in person, knowing well, full well go. that they were going to irritate half of the tuition payers either way. Right. I mean, no matter what they said, people were going to be upset. So they waited until Absolutely. tuition was paid, and then they made the announcement. <laughs> Tim, we appreciate the time, as always. Thanks so much. Happy to be with you. Happy New Year. And, um, you know, I can't wait for, uh, you know, toe to meet leather again next year. We've got some great basketball to, to follow between now and then, and I'm fired up for the round ball these days. There's Tim Brando. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us. Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. 
All the guys that's been coming in have been playing hard. They're trying to figure out everything. You know, we got so many concepts and everything as well. So, you know, they're doing a great job of listening and trying to pick up as much as they can as fast as possible. So those guys is playing hard. They're doing what they can. Eric's done a great job for us. Uh, he did a great job for us early in the year, too, playing that position. He's uh, really stepped in and done a great job with that, too. Jordan Clarkson talking about the guys filling out the Jazz roster as they battle multiple guys going into the health and safety protocols. They may get a guy back who knows the offense pretty well. Joe Ingles, questionable to play in tonight's game. The Jazz taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers, trying to snap a rare three-game road losing streak and stay in third place in the West because here come the Grizzlies. Yeah, Grizzlies won 10 in a row. Yep. I don't want to hear about these other guys, man. I want the, the guys out there. Now, I know they want to be out there, too, so it's not like they're sitting at home eating ding-dongs. I understand that, but I, I want You want, want the back. team together. Yeah. Get the band together again. Yeah, I mean, we're at the halfway point. Let's get going. Grizzlies are just charging big time. This is uh, Game 42 tonight, Game 1 of the second half of the season as the Jazz host the Cavs. And as far as getting the band back together, they will have three days off after this. They don't play again until Sunday, so by then uh, we should definitely see Joe back and maybe we'll see Rudy too. Who knows? DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Booker off the inbounds pass, fading and hitting on the right baseline from 20 feet away. Suns retake the one-point lead, 91-90. to Bain with it, left wing Morant. He'll hoist the left sideline three, bring it up. Put three on the board as he knocks it down, and Steve Kerr wants a timeout. Eight straight for the Grizz. They lead 12-8. Bledsoe straight away. Screen to his right, but he doesn't use it. He gets rid of it for Jackson again. Off the screen to his left, crossover down the middle lane. To the rim! Oh, Reggie Jackson caught a body! And that body was an MVP. Jokic just got put in the rim. 3.6 left. Hart sideline left. Just on the hash mark. Edwards is going to front him. Pump fake. Bounce feed to Jonas. Up top, B.I. Straight away three. Bucket! Bucket! Good! Rumble, young man! Three-tenths of a second left. Inbound Beverly. Half-court shot. No good! Ball game! Not all heroes wear capes, my friend. Highlights from the NBA. You got your buzzer beaters. You got your win streaks. Story of the night, PK. You like the close game and the dramatic finish? Or you like the Grizzlies? Ten in a row. 20 and four in the last 24 games. Well, I watched the Grizzlies uh, Warriors game there. I mean, they were without Draymond, but at the same time, the Grizzlies are without Adams and Brooks. And so uh, I don't know if that's a wash or what have you. When doesn't really matter in the end because the game's played and it counts. Uh, but Ja Moran is 10-game winning streak, shooting over 50% from the field, 42% from three. Yeah, he's a player, man, and he belongs in MVP conversation. 29 points, eight assists, huge game for him. Grizzlies win again. They tied the Jazz for third in the West. They are percentage points back. They played two more games. They won one. They lost one. But this is a great run from them, from them after a pretty mediocre start to the season. They were a 500 team a quarter of the way through the season, but they have really turned it on now. Brandon Ingram's three with 1.3 seconds left. That was a game winner. Pelicans beat the Timberwolves 128-125, and the Clippers were down 25 and rallied to beat the Nuggets 87-85. Lots of teams can complain about not having their guys, and the Nuggets are right at the front of that pack. And the Clippers are right there. Either. Right, right there alongside them. Yeah. We don't have Kawhi. We don't have Paul George. And then Mike Malone 
went after his team. This generation's worried about where they're going to go out after the game. Uh-oh. You didn't see that? No. Yeah, he said that. So that's, it's available for you. You can go listen to it. Suns win again, so they got the best record in the NBA now. Crowder had 19. What happens when Crowder shoots the ball well, PK? They win. I mean, they didn't have anybody who had 20. That's unusual. Suns beat the Raptors 99-95, so they're a game up on the Warriors and three and a half on the Jazz and three and a half on the Grizz. Don't you dare jump off Devin Booker Mm -hmm. shooting a free throw. There are no fans in Toronto, but the mascot jumped up and down and Devin pointed them out. And then Crowder backing up his teammate. The Raptor thing just kind of went like that. (laughs) Waving their short little flippers. Got about one (laughs) inch off the ground. Then went over to the corner and sulked. (laughs) That that was weird. (laughs) It was weird for Booker to say anything. I know. Come on. That's what mascots are supposed to do. Even when there's no fans in the building. He's a dinosaur. How bad is he going to hurt you? <laughs> the Bulls blow out the Pistons, 133-87. The Pistons team that just beat the Jazz takes a 45-point shellacking from Chicago. It's making a strong claim to be the best in the East. Well, we play the Nets tonight in a big ESPN game, so we'll see. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Well, locally, the Aggies are the story in Fort Collins to take on Colorado State, who just suffered their first loss of the year. They went to San Diego State and got blown out by 30. But they are 11-1. and Aggies are 10-5. and Both teams are 1-1 and in conference. The game's tonight at 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Scotty G has the call. Pre-game tip at 5.30 on 12.80 The Zone. And you'll hear the, the, our normal programming and then the jazz over on the FM signal. Whack play, UVU is at Seattle. Dixie State takes on Cal Baptist. Nationally, the last two unbeatens go down, PK. USC loses to Stanford. And then Baylor gives up a big run at the end of the game, and they get beat as we keep our eye on the Big 12s. I watched uh, Stanford SC try to get some feel for Pac-12 basketball. I haven't watched a lot. I did, like, six weeks ago when they played. <laughs> Stanford's first game since they played in Hawaii in that tournament BYU was in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and SC missed some free throws at the end. Adam Keefe's son is one of the players. They moved him in the starting lineup, and I think they're 5-1 and one with James Keefe in there. Mm-hmm. He's on there, and I think both of his daughters played volleyball at uh, Stanford. And Stanford, or Keefe actually married, I think was a volleyball player, yeah. too. volleyball player, yeah. So that 5-1 and one then would include uh, wins over Oregon and USC. Oregon yeah, not being what, what it's been. That's what they're talking about. Uh, yeah. Walton was doing the, doing the thing with, uh, who was it, Roxy, I think. And uh, they were saying that uh, since they made that change, they've, they've gotten a lot better. And Baylor losing to number 19, Texas Tech, 65-62. That was a 13-3 run for Texas Tech over the last three and a half minutes to close that game and get the win and Baylor loses for the first time since last year they'd won 21 in a row while claiming the NCAA title and then starting fast this year DJ and PK Hashtag NFL I missed the end of it I dozed off I knew I had a work day waiting on me or I assumed that I had a work day I think at one point Oakland was up by 15 and that number made you somewhat comfortable I'm probably better off not having watched it. 
That's Mike Tomlin, who thinks the Raiders still play in Oakland and dozed off because he was on the East Coast and it was 29 to 14 and they'd had a game and traveled that day, so he missed the dramatic comeback. He's better off not having watched it. Didn't even get the anxiety. Yep. And they're in the playoffs headed to Kansas City because the Raiders kicked the last second field goal and won on the final play. Giants took their time. Maybe some kind of power struggle there. But the head coach, Joe Judge, has now been fired. That's the seventh head coaching vacancy in the NFL. He was 10-23 in two seasons. And the GM has retired. (coughs) So the Giants will be starting over. We talk about the Kings cycling through coaches, but they've had three straight coaches who were on the job for two years. So year seven, coach four. That doesn't help you win. Bill Parcells ain't walking through that door. Apparently not. Tampa Bay Buccaneers plays veteran corner Richard Sherman on injured reserve again with an Achilles injury and the move ends his season. It's his second IR stint. He said he intends to remain with the team and move into a coaching, mentoring role with the Buccaneers defensive backs. So he's done? That's what it sounds like. Another Achilles injury. A Denver judge ruled Tuesday that the heirs of former Bronco owner Edgar Kaiser Jr. cannot buy back any portion of the franchise as part of a right of first refusal agreement, clearing the way for a potential sale of the team. Former Bronco quarterback Peyton Manning and John Elway reportedly interested in being part of potential ownership groups who could buy the franchise, which is now valued at $4 billion. Really got to be rolling in it to own an NFL team these days. Well, if you own it by yourself... I don't know how many owners they would have, but obviously you still have to be rich. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Alabama had seven players enter the NCAA transfer portal a day after the team's loss in the national title game. Georgia Bulldogs saw two players enter the portal after the win. Everybody wants playing time, PK. These good teams, apparently it's possible to get buried or recruited over the top of. If that's the case, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not familiar with their guys who are leaving, but that that would appear to be the case on paper. Is that, of course, you you want playing time? That would only make sense. I mean, that's what you're there for. Uh, it, it's great to win and everything, uh, but you know, like how much was JT Daniels celebrating? You know what I mean? He's a backup quarterback. Well, they showed him. He's just kind of walking around the field, talking to people. Yeah, he's I'm sure he was happy that the team won, but he sure. didn't get to play. Right. He didn't get to play, and he's not a Georgia lifer, and those would be the two reasons you'd be real excited. Yeah, Arizona got a four-star transfer defensive lineman, Savea, I think that's how you say it, for, out of UC Los Angeles. Correct. Keep a name. I keep a watch on the Cats. I've been saying it for weeks, man. Well, we saw what Utah State did, hitting the transfer portal, getting key guys, matching up with the guys in a program, and launching themselves into a quick turnaround season. Is Arizona headed down the same path? And to what degree? Uh, yeah, I think they are. I think yeah. they're going forward. I think they're going to be good. Not not so much good next year, but they're going to be better. And then following year, we got a guy from North Jersey, man. <laughs> sister went to the same high school. I can tell you about them people. He didn't go all the way to Tucson to lose. Those people win. They're winners. You think it's different in basketball? Because you got that story of Fran Fraschilla telling you 
Uh, and, and he's another another guy out of Northeast and a New Yorker and all that. Saying, man, I was a fish out of water. Put him in well, cowboy boots. Yeah, and- see, I don't think they're doing that with fish, though. Yeah, and then I and I got to know Fran fairly well because I was a you know one of I don't know prominent Mountain West writer at the time. I was no Andy Katz. Don't get me wrong here. But, but everybody in the conference knew you. And I was out of town. Right. So I didn't have to cover the warts. So you didn't piss them off. Everybody out of town was best buddies with Majerus, or so they thought. Uh, Andy going to sleep on the phone with uh, Big Rick. Because he didn't have to cover his warts. Easier to have a relationship right. when you don't have to dig into all the dirt. Right. You can right. just call a coach. I need a couple quotes on this story I'm working on for perspective. Right. Oh, that that's all day long. Now, yeah. why did that kid transfer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and why did you call that play? Yeah, why yeah. didn't you guys play defense the last It's, it's the nature of the business. It is. Uh, as you know. Uh, and so he said, yeah, I let them do things to me. I'm a New Yorker. And they made it sound like I was Billy Crystal in... Uh, City Slickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's just out of place. And, and 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 plus the expectations at New Mexico have always been so out of whack. They have been. And then the recruiting pipeline, you're coming from New York, you don't have the recruiting ties that you need in New Mexico. So that's where football's a little bit of yeah. a different beast. And the rules have changed with the transfer portal. And Albuquerque really, really is out there. I mean, you are out in the middle of nowhere. You fly into Albuquerque, you're flying, 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 boom, you land. You <laughs> see nothing, and then all of a sudden you land. And it goes for hours, too. I mean, it's tough. Talking about that the other day, Rocky Long going 7-5 and five at, at New Mexico, and that's a heck of a job. And that's why I wonder how far fish can take it at Arizona. Well, I mean, they, they haven't won in Arizona's New York title. City compared to Albuquerque. Sure it is. But it's still not the easiest sale, and it's yeah, hard well, to recruit locally. Yeah, but Tony but did the transfer it. portal... Tommy, then they ran Tommy out of town. It's the same thing as Rocky Long. <laughs> it is. It, and, exactly. and, and Tommy Why don't won. you win more? Yeah. Do you know how hard it is what I'm doing right now? Exactly. And the answer is no. They didn't yeah. in Albuquerque. And no, I remember we had the a New Mexico host on before a game, and he's like, well, what do you guys think about Rocky Long? We think he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I do too, but people here are so mad. And sure enough, he leaves, they fall apart, and he goes to San Diego State, and he wins big for a decade. I think you. I think you. I don't know if you build a dynasty at Arizona, but you can win, right? And Fish right now just has to get six wins in a bowl game, and they'll celebrate. First things first. Then it'll be eight. Then it'll be ten, and and maybe somewhere he'll bump up against the ceiling. But in the meantime, maybe he'll get another job offer too, because the people who do know what's going on in football maybe looking at this, thinking, "Wow, land a big recruit here, land a big transfer there." If if you can leave from Notre Dame and Oklahoma, you can leave. You can leave from anywhere, right? At that point, it. Don't tell me you're not a stepping stone. If Notre Dame and Oklahoma are, then you probably are. Alabama star wide receiver Jamison Williams, considered among the top wide receiver prospects in the NFL draft, suffered a torn ACL Monday in the College Football National Championship game. According to the report, doctors believe that after surgery, which he's going to have in the next 10 days, Williams will return his sub-4-3 speed. They expect a full recovery. He was a transfer to Alabama from Ohio State this season. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's be, college football in a nutshell. And you should be able to recover. The medical advancements have never been better. 
There's one other thing I want to say on the transfer. The Wyoming yeah. team had a pretty good season. They were only like two and five in league or two and six. Yeah. But they still they won the bowl game and yeah. they won seven games. But they're having a ton of guys. This quarterback, uh, running back, Validay. Xavier Validay's now at Arizona yeah. State. Their quarterback's now at Utah State, Levi yeah. Williams. Right. And he like Validay ran for 125, 130 yards against the Aggies. He, and he yeah. wasn't even the leading rusher. <laughs> I mean, but it, it, at his level, he was He's a good really player. Good. Yes. And he's getting a ton of time, but then he still wants to go. He had a thousand yard season. He's in so, all MWC back two years running. So, right. to yeah. prove that he can do it in the NFL, he wants to prove he can do it at the Pac 12 level? Well, he's had two thousand yarders, and he didn't have it last year because he didn't play enough games. Exactly. Yeah. Or he probably would have had it last year. So, I've proven everything I can. And yeah, but Josh our, Allen didn't need to go to ASU or wherever, the Pac 12. And we've lost our quarterback, and everyone's going to be ganging up on me next year. We're not going to be good. I'm not going to run for that many yards. This is what he's getting told. You're not going to be that good. You're not going to run for that many yards. Come prove you can do it at the Pac-12 level. And you're right. They'll find you in the big sky. Yeah, but Daniels ain't exactly Danny White. Got me there. Although. He can throw the deep ball. (laughs) And have it bounce off the ground. This isn't Andy Reid can throw the deep ball and punt, pass, and kick. We've all seen that film. But I will say Herm emphasizes the running backs. He took a junior college kid in white. Out of nowhere, a junior college kid, and he ran for 1,400 yards and is now going to the NFL. So I get why he would want to go there. Because all these things just the add run. up. The quarterback here transferred. Herm emphasizes yeah, but you're the going run. you to Wyoming. What did you expect? Tempe over Le- Well, you didn't have an offer from Arizona State when you went to Wyoming, did you? I don't know his recruiting history, but that No, he's a two star. Yeah. He's a kid from Illinois. He's a two star kid. Right. And so he's, he's getting an offer now. way above get... that in the star ranking. Right. <gasps> But it's a blow to Wyoming, I and mean, they had a halfway decent season for them. I mean, they beat the MWC winner, and they kicked the crap out of them. Went seven and six. But. DJ and PK. <clears throat> Hashtag Major League Baseball. John Lester's hanging it up. Thirty-eight years old, sixteen-year vet. Says his body is not up for the rigors of another Major League Baseball season. Will we see him in Cooperstown? Five-time All-Star, 2.51 ERA in the postseason, three-time World Series champ, 200-game winner, and an era where it's going to be real hard to be a 300-game winner. It's showing is having a hard time getting in. Then Lester's going to have a hard time getting in. And I and I get the showing politics, which. It should be about baseball. Yeah, unless you go against the law. You know, that's another story. But, yeah, and Chilling's got some out there politics, to, to, to be sure. But he's got that right to do that, even if I don't like it or agree with it. But nevertheless, if Schilling's having a hard time getting in, I can't imagine that Lester would get in. N- nice player, though. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, we are going to talk Utah Jazz with Ryan Miller. KSL.com covers the Jazz. Joe Varden covering the NBA for the Athletic is going to join us at 9 o'clock. Right now, Rod Rex is joining us, LendRightMortgage.com. And, Rod, you've got some tips for people who are uh, looking to free up some cash. Yeah. Since we've last talked, uh, interest rates are already starting to move up here in the new year. So 
We just saw a report just this morning showing inflation at 40-year highs at 7%. So the Federal Reserve is really starting to move aggressively to counter that inflation. So rates are definitely going to move much higher throughout the year. So right now is definitely the time you want to jump in, get that equity out while you can still get a great interest rate. We're still in the mid to low threes on a 30-year fixed, and we're also in the about mid twos on a 15-year term. So tapping that equity, getting it out now, if you're looking to do a cash-out refinance, consolidate some of that debt, or get some money out for a remodel or addition on the home, do it now. And you've got a low-rate guarantee. What's your $1,000 lowest-rate guarantee all about? Yeah, so one of the best things about LendRight Mortgage is we're totally an independent mortgage broker. So what we do is go out and shop and find each individual the lowest combination of interest rate and fees. And we've got a whole network of wholesale mortgage lenders that give us that pricing power. So we don't just meet or match other lenders' rates and fees. We're usually several thousand dollars, um, even with our largest uh, credit union here in the state. If you compare apples to apples, uh, I just did that this morning, and we were over $10,000 better than them on a $500,000 purchase loan. So we guarantee that we'll save you at least $1,000 over any other lender out there, or we'll give you $1,000. If you want to hear more, if you want to find out about your personal situation, how do they get a hold of you? What do people do if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, best thing to do on that is just call our team. We've got a great team standing by that will take care of you, answer any questions, and be able to quote you out within minutes. And that phone number is 801-APPROVE, or you can log on at LendRightMortgage.com. 801-APPROVE. 801-APPROVE or LendRightMortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. This is Unripe. You guys are doing a hell of a job. Here's what is great about what George Klyukov said. I love the brutal honesty. I mean, if you can't look at a situation and assess it and, and call it what it is and say what it is, you're never going to improve. If you're constantly putting a Band-Aid on it and say, no, we're, we're in a good spot. We'll just, you know, just give us another year. Just give us, you know, it's a building year, you know, but, but man, next year things are going to be good. Next year never comes around. And when you can come out and make a very clear, very bold, very accurate and very honest statement, that's really kind of the first step to like making change. Unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Hot Takes of Toast is brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res is the only carpet cleaner for a smarter, lasting clean. Zero Res's patented process uses only water to clean, meaning no crunchy carpets and a spot-free carpet that is safe for the whole family. Schedule your carpet cleaning today by calling 801-288-9376. 801-288-0. Or booking online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. Or if you're up north, it's ZeroResDavisWeber.com. Well, PK, I think we have to pivot. We had a segment all lined up. We planned and everything. 
We were ready to go. It was going to be really good. And later in the show, I suspect it will still be really good. Got more time. I know, right? But PK just leaned over. Time is our ally. <laughs> Time's on our side? It is this morning. Sing it. Time's, uh, we got time this morning? No. Time is on my side. Yes, it is. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, trade rumors. It's that time, PK. Speculation. Yeah, we're under a month now. Let's say the 12th. Trade deadline is the 10th of February. So it's time for stuff to start heating up. Yeah. And the Utah Jazz are going to be mentioned prominently in trade rumors. Whether it happens or not, they're going to be out there. And people like to trade with people they have relationships with and no, and that's not how every deal happens, but it's how a lot of deals happen. And I'm struggling right now to open my email and get the story you sent me, PK. You're going to have to pick it up. <laughs> okay. Got it. I'm really struggling doing two things at once right now. Well, this is a story out of Yahoo that is quoting somebody out of Bleacher Report. So you got that? Okay. Uh, just to... Uh, that's, the way the, that's the way the web works these days. Yeah, and it's about the Celtics. And the Celtics, you know, a couple years ago, they were a hot team. Oh, yeah. They got a young team. They're in a conference final. Look out. Boston's coming. And right. it, made, it made sense. I mean, it wasn't... For sure. And we all bought it. And they've been to three conference finals, but they haven't broken through to the NBA finals or an NBA right. title. And now it looks like they're going backwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or conservatively running in place. If you want to go backwards, that's against that standard for sure. Uh, but they, they just don't seem to be gaining any traction right now with what they got going on and so they're among the teams that are expected to make moves and they have this yahoo by way of bleacher has names regarding the jazz deal Boston Celtics have significant concerns, reading from the story, with their current roster, and that's likely to be among the NBA team, teams in the NBA most likely to be making trades ahead of the February 10 deadline. Yeah, so if you go down one, two, uh, three, four. Noting that the Celtics can use a boost to their playmaking and shooting while also shrinking their payroll, uh, they've concocted a hypothetical trade. Man, this is like three steps removed. For, uh, with the Jazz, that would theoretically address all the concerns in Boston. But they name names. It should be in the next paragraph. The, the deal in question. The Celtics get Joe Ingles, Jared Butler, the Memphis Grizzlies 2022 second round pick, and a 2023 first round draft pick swap option. While the Jazz receive Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder. Left untouched, Utah is a title contender, contender the guy writes, but it needs to juice up its wing defense and backup playmaking to be viewed in the same menacing light as Golden State or Phoenix. This deal checks both boxes. Richardson is quietly canning more than 39% of his threes and defending everywhere, from the point of attack up to heftier assignments. Schroeder's erratic, but he's, uh, he's an upgrade, over, upgrade over Trent Forrest minutes. Yeah. Now, Richardson's bounced around a lot, played a little bit at uh, Tennessee, and I remember him more so with Dallas because I ended up watching Dallas more than I watched the Celtics. Uh, So he was there last year 
with the Mavs. He's 6'5". I'm wondering if that... Utah's it, own tax bill spikes with this package. Yeah, do you want to do that? I mean, if, if you hit a slam dunk you home want run... want to do it? No. <laughs> I, uh, I dis- Are you willing I, I, to no, do I, it? I disagree with that. Will, wanting, no. Willing... I disagree with that. Okay. Depending on who you get back. Right, that's why I say willing. No. But if you get back something that you think is really awesome, you want to do it. They may be willing to do it on this one. Because I don't know this is just something that's really going to boost them up. Uh, Dennis Schroeder's on an expiring deal. So you're not tied to that contract long time. Long term. More than a long time. Same thing. You make that move. You're the basketball savant. You've been quoted in Sports Illustrated. I haven't. <laughs> what was Britain, it quoted in Sports Britain Illustrated Covey about? knows your name. He doesn't know mine. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. he may know it. He just might not have been willing to say it. That's even worse. Yeah, true, but that could be it. I mean, I don't know. I didn't quiz him on it because he was getting pulled away. We did an interview, and he said, thanks, David, and there was two guys standing there asking questions. I'll never forget that. That's, it. that's right there with nice headline Mike. When I wrote the headline, another substantial blow to me. So you you're the bat you played. Now they're saying that no no Schroeder maybe he fits into the Derek Favors trade exception, and Ingles or Jordan Clarkson can be the outbound salary in a Richardson acquisition. Well, they're not getting rid of Clarkson. They're not trading Clarkson for jo- uh, Josh Richardson. It's not happening. Don't watch it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be shocked if it happened. Is that Richardson going to be the best deal out there? Think they can get anybody better? Yes. Because you put the word think. Yeah, depending on who you want to give up, yeah. Yeah. And I think as, as Memphis charges, if if the Jazz don't look demonstrably better and I don't know how they can until they get their team together you know is the thinking going to be does this team as currently constructed win the title because that's the argument for keeping Joe well of course that's always the case so if the answer is no then he's gone well the answer is probably no then he's probably gone I think he's gone I've been saying it for two weeks I know that's the question all of this hangs on if they get if, if the team can win the title as currently constructed then he stays. See, I think he can win the title as currently constructed. That, then Will he, it? Probably not. Then he's, But I would say that about any team that's sitting around in third place. I would have said that about Milwaukee last year. I mean, there's only one team, obviously. And so the others, you can say, can Phoenix win the title? Yes. Will they? Probably not. You're going down the David Locke road. I get this. <laughs> if, you, if you put the number on it, there's yeah. nobody who has over a 50% chance of winning. Yeah. There are years that's true, but yeah. this isn't one of them. So the answer to everybody, well, is probably not because the odds are 60, 70, 80, 90% against anybody. Yeah, and one little tweak of a hammy for Chris Paul, and as you would say, whap, or <laughs> what else did you say, Yuck? I mean, Phoenix is right there. Obviously, they get the best record in the league. We're halfway through. But that's how tender and fragile it is. And Wayne. Yeah. 
That's another injury, but, you know, you get the point. <laughs> well, either way, it could cost him the title. <laughs> what was the combo there again? And wham. It was whap and dang. Okay. <laughs> but on a Monday oh. morning, I couldn't be decisive. A little bit of this word, a little bit and of that what, word. What did you drop? And wham. <laughs> Which you almost said and then realized you didn't want to create a drop for yourself because Yach might do that. No, I knew I was going to say it. <laughs> you didn't. You said WAP. But I knew, do I want to say it? And you didn't. I know, but I was aware of it. You weren't aware that you were going to say N Wang. No, I had no idea. <laughs> no, I had no idea. I was, said you said it right there. I was sleep deprived and all over the map. And, I mean, it's, that was the closest cousin to that of all the malaprops was uh, when you were gone and there was a, a spectacular wreck in NASCAR. Uh, yeah, okay. But you've done some of the more charming things that you haven't thought through. Yeah, but I never... never we'll put the D in Alice. With a spectacular I, wreck. Pace was... I mean, that, that's just a little uh, revelation pace, of character, though. Pace, pace that's just, all that is. Pace just... That woke him up. Like, what did I you mean, say? you work at Channel 2. It's understandable. I, I get all big. <laughs> And then he just starts laughing. You know, you laugh so hard you can't pull in the air. It gets real quiet. That was Pace. <laughs> I'm a moron. <laughs> True story. <sighs> They'll make a deal like that. I can't tell you that that's the deal because I don't know what the other one's out there. But... They don't look like a championship contender right now, which makes me think that they're going to make the deal. Yeah, but you don't make a move based on a week. <clears throat> I don't think they're making a move based on a week, especially this last week with so many guys. Well, that's missing. the week I'm talking about. You don't think beyond that they didn't look like a contender? Put aside this week. It's a screwy week. You go in another country. You're playing G League dudes left and right, and you got Rudy Gobert out. They're not and, making any decisions based on the last three days. Right. So aside from that, up until... January 3rd. You don't think they look like a contender? Now, if you don't, you don't. They look like a contender, but they don't look like the team that's going to do it. Do they look like the third, fourth, or fifth best team in a year in the league? Yes. But those aren't... That's, but that's not a contender? That is a contender. But the odds aren't good enough. They're going to try and make a move and be a better contender, even if it sets them back. Yeah, but if you just move, make a move around the peripheral... That's not going to do anything. You need to make a major move. You bring in Hornacek, that's a major move. Okay, well then you have to talk about, forget basketball deals, it's got to be a money deal. So be it. Because that's what the Hornets... It's not my money. <laughs> that's I can spend his money just as right. well as he can. Philly was looking for a salary dump. So the Jazz... Got a dollar for 20 cents. Yeah, but you can do that, man. And then the, the Suns did it uh, a few years earlier with Barkley. Can they get It's a, been done many times uh, over. Right. So the then Grizzlies the question did is, it with Gasol. So can you get a better. Yes. I mean, yeah. I can go on and on. This is off the top of my head. Yes. There'll be a money deal. Will you be the team that gets to make it? And the Suns did it with Rajon Rondo. Gave him to Boston. All the stuff wins a title. All the stuff I've been reading is that the Philadelphia Simmons deal is going to end up being a multi-team deal. How do you get in on that? Well, it has don't to be. make this trade if you got a chance to get in there. I don't and get care. a major talent. Make whatever trade. I mean, I do whatever right. you got to do. But I think all these things are why we heard Joe. I don't want to say sweating, but 
or lamenting. What is the right word? I think he's acknowledging, he's reluctantly acknowledging. Aware of it. Yeah. Reluctantly acknowledging how this is probably. Yeah, I wrote about it last week. It was another smash at Buck Page View. <laughs> Freaking rolling in it. <laughs> dog. <laughs> Stop calling me dog. See, I think that in terms of this particular deal, Richardson. You think this is the best one they can get? No. Don't make it then. But I think you already made that deal when you picked up House. You made what? You think you made the Boston deal or you made a Joe deal? You made the Josh Richardson acquisition. I already see similarities. 6'5", 6'6", 6'8 with the afro. Thanks, Fletch. (laughs) You see Tyler Huntley's afro, man? I thought he was trying out for the Jackson 5 or getting together. That was awesome. Old school, huh? Oh, yeah. It was sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, or, I, I retweeted it. You can find it. It was really something, man. I, I, Stop the love you save may be your own. Oof. Darling, take it slow. Okay, okay. For someday you may all, I'll be there. Man, it was a flashback. I thought they were going to appear on the Donnie Marie show. DJ PK, mull that over. We got another one for you next. Stay with us. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. We've seen the Jazz be great without Rudy. They were great against Denver without Rudy. They've shown that ability to go out there and get it done. Whiteside has shown the ability to be as good of a defender, if not better than what Derek Favors was last year. Like we said early in the season, like, wow, not only did the Jazz replace Derek Favors, they may have exceeded Derek Favors. But when you lose three in a row and the rest of the NBA is laughing at you because they're like, yeah, that's who we thought you were. You're nothing defensively without Rudy Gobert. If I'm Rudy Gobert, I take these last three games and then I submit it to every NBA voter and say, who's your defense? a player of the year now. It's me again because look at what these guys are doing without me. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5 1280 The Zone powered by kslsports.com DJ PK it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz are home playing the Cavs Tonight, and you can purchase the Ford Fan Zone all-you-need ticket to the Cavs game or an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as $30 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-need tickets now. Before we leave this, I think Richardson's a better player offensively from house for sure. Going to shoot at three or four points per game better? But I don't think that's what they would be acquiring the player for. To D them up. If you're looking to get better on the perimeter, okay, defense, but you get into a playoff series. If you put, get into a playoff series and you've got to put whatever defensive player you acquire on the floor, given the way this team shoots the ball, that's a player who's probably going to be left open and is going to have to shoot a lot of important shots. Mm, Not the biggest a shot. A lot. I mean, come on. Well, how much are you going to play him? I, I think it's a situational thing where you're looking for someone to guard somebody. Ten minutes, twenty minutes, it's situational. Thirty. <laughs> With, uh, if it's situational, then it's dictated upon the situation. The guys you need guarded tend to play big minutes. 
But you need, you need defense on certain possessions. If it's the end of the game, you put him in there for def- defensive purposes. And in and that situation, you go offense for defense because yeah. the games get stopped so much. So it's situational. But in the third quarter, when it's going That's why Locke poorly, thinks House cool is going to be on the team. Right. And it's not going to be playing big minutes, but he's there for situational purposes. Somebody gets hot. The cooler. They're playing Dallas in the first round, and Hardaway Jr. starts to get hot. So you stick him in there. Go hassle that dude. Whatever. Top of my head type of uh, analogy there. Whatever it might be. I just don't know that situational is going to be enough. The problem... It's probably not, but you still are... You don't, you don't not make a move because it's not enough. You only make a move if it's enough. Well, if you only make a move because it's enough, well, then, of course, you make the move because it's enough. That gets back to you're looking for a money <laughs> deal. Because then it becomes really obvious and it has a dramatic effect. You make a move to improve your team. That's why they signed House in the first place. Now, they had some roster availabilities, too. Maybe they wouldn't have, but I think they might have. I don't know that. Well, they needed to create a space to get him in because they were up against the limit. If you can marginally improve your team, then it's better than not improving your team at all. And I doubt they can make a move that is going to be enough. The Hornacek move wasn't enough. As it turned out. <laughs> so you don't but make it? But it was a dramatic improvement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was a clear-cut The no Suns move for Barkley. It wasn't enough. As it turned out. <laughs> but it was a clear-cut no-brainer. Yeah. So if that's the case, and there's levels of clear-cut no-brainers, I think. A marginal... Medium, great in terms of improving your team. Do I think they're going to make be able to make a move to make the hit the upper category of great? Probably not. No, odds are against it. I mean, you would have to give up. Usually, you do. You're probably giving up. Uh, but if they make a, if, it, uh, if they Clarkson make a great Eagles. move, it'll probably be trading Joe because the expiring contract is what drives the money deals, and he's the guy who's got it. Uh, it depends on who. You're it trading could. him too. It could. But usually people want the expiring contract to get out. Right, but if you're trading him the Nets, it's probably not, they're not looking to make an expiring contract deal. They're right, right. looking to add a shooter and, 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 and another playmaker who can set up. I mean, I don't, I don't know. They, they would do that. I just throw that out there. So, all sorts of possibilities there. But I feel like they're going to do something. And Joe's Joe, to his acknowledgement, is the likely candidate. Yes. And that's where uh, we've been talking about odds. Highly probable. I mean, we're putting the odds of championships for everybody at under 50%. But if the Jazz are making a deal, the odds that will involve in Joe, involve Joe, they're over 50%. And yeah. it comes back to the expiring contract. He can add shooting and ball handling. You can make a move, make a run at a title now, and there's no long-term salary ramifications. If there if there are, it's 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 lightening the the luxury tax or the salary cap issues that you're facing. And plus, with Joe, I think he's proven the better 
the players around him are, the better he is. Yep. I mean, his numbers go up when he starts, usually. Uh, so, you know, if you got some players around him, he can he he can do he can do his thing. But they got to get going, man. That's what makes tonight's game awfully intriguing for me. And maybe I'm looking for stuff. Because, you know, it's the middle of January and we still got a while to go. Um, you want them to get going, yeah. and everybody wants to win the title, but until they have their team together, they're probably not going to get going. And the biggest part of the puzzle is Rudy Gobert, and Rudy's not, and Rudy Gobert's not going to play tonight. Except other, the other guys, we never account for the other guys missing guys. It's just our guys who are missing guys. Right, but the way this team is built... I didn't expect them to lose to Detroit. I mean, I can't excuse losing to Detroit. But would they? Do you think that's they not would, on Gobert's absence? Uh, I agree. I agree because they should be able to be a 500 team without him. And so, if you're looking at, at a schedule and how to win half your games, well, you win the Detroit game because they're really bad, and they just got beat by 45 points last night. They're yeah. a bad team. They should have won that game. Right. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. Yak. What have you got? Jazz tickets. Two of them to see Cleveland tonight for the Caller 12 right now. If you're Caller 12 at 855-340-ZONE, you're going to the game. And we'll give away another pair at 830 if you don't win right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Caller 12 gets two tickets to see the Jazz and the Cavaliers. All right, right now we're joined by Rod Rex from LendRight Mortgage. And you've got Freedom Loans covering closing costs uh, people want to refinance or people are buying a home right now and you were telling us earlier there's a lot of urgency right now. You can save yourself money by moving now. If you take a few months, it'll cost you more. Yes. The Freedom Loan is definitely our most popular loan. The reason being is you can come to LendRight Mortgage, get the same or better interest rate than other lenders offer you and it covers 100% of your closing costs. So instead of putting that money towards your closing costs. You can put a little more down, be a little more aggressive when you're on a purchase contract. Or if you're looking at a cash out refinance, that just means that much more money in your pocket when you're all said and done. So you've got, uh, you've been telling us that interest rates are going up and now you've got proof that uh, you're right. And you're not alone. You're not alone in predicting that, but everyone who's predicting it is now right. Yeah, unfortunately, we're at the end of those record low rates we've seen over the last two years uh, during the pandemic. And the reason being is inflation is coming in at 40-year highs. And so the Federal Reserve is, is starting to move. And, and that is going to push rates up considerably over the next year, two years as they try to counter that. So... If you're looking to buy, refinance, get some cash out, now is definitely the time to do that because we've still got incredible rates, historically speaking. We're in the mid-twos on those 8- to 15-year terms. And then if you're looking at a 20- to a 30-year term, we're still in the low threes. So act now, buy that home, get that cash out, refinance while we've still got really great rates. Everybody's got questions and individual situations to account for. If people want more info, how do they get a hold of you? Our team is standing by. You can call us at 801-APPROVE or visit us online at LendRightMortgage.com. 
801 approve. 801 approve or lendrightmortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Right now, we are talking jazz basketball. We're joined by Ryan Miller, who covers the Utah Jazz for KSL.com. Ryan, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for coming on. Before we get to the games and that, there's uh, trade speculation out there again today. This is just going to become a pretty common event as we get uh, inside the final month here of the the trade deadline. Rather than have you speak to one specific trade, I want to start by asking you, what do you think the odds are the Jazz make a move? Um, I obviously think they're looking at one. I know they're looking at them. That's their job. But... I like. I have a hard time trying to find one that makes sense. Um, for one, this is just an older team without a lot of future assets. Um, so in the end, I, in the end, I think they're going to have to find a contender or a near contender that also just wants to switch things up, things they need to kind of improve around the fringes as well. Um, that's hard to find. There's a lot of guys that I think could help, but I just don't know a lot of uh, teams that would be like, yeah, you know what, we'll we'll take an an aging player just to kind of get an aging player and. So that I think might have a hard time finding one, but and we we don't know what Danny Ainge is going to do. Like that's a whole, that throws a whole new wrench into everything because yeah, like we, we kind of knew how Dennis Lindsay worked, we knew how Justin Zanuck did things. We don't really know how Danny Ainge does things here in Utah. We and if he does things how we did them in Boston, yeah, he's he's looking everywhere and he's. And I don't think he's going to have any uh, worry about feelings or if he's offending anyone when he pulls the trigger. So how sad are we? Are we, are we going to be when Joe Ingles is traded? Oh man, just coming right at that. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I, I know there's a lot of rumors speculating around, but there's there's been the case for a couple of years. I know you guys had him on last week or so and talking to him about it, and like, you know, I, I think it would be a crushing blow. Like, like uh, maybe not so much on the court right now, but I think there is a reason why this locker room works so well together. Um, they like each other. They really do. And that's not, that's, that's a unique thing. As many people, it's cliche and dumb and it's not the most exciting thing to talk about, but there is a reason why teams succeed and why they don't. And some of that is that they just like playing for each other. This team loves Joe Ingles. They love Joe Ingles. They love Jordan Clarkson. And so, yeah, you can point to all the like, Oh man, they're not playing great right now, but sometimes trading a player away that's not playing that great does have a negative effect on everything else. So I think it would be a risk to trade someone that is so intricate to the locker room. How much are you concerned by the Jazz uh, going on a losing streak, and how much do you think uh, the first half of the season doesn't really matter? Yeah, that is, that's the big question right now, right? Um I've like they they made it clear at the very beginning of this thing, at the very beginning of this season that like look the regular season doesn't matter. I think that there you know, it's but this feels like it's just one, more than one or two losses without Rudy Gobert because because if that's the end it's like okay they didn't have their best player he's probably a top ten guy in the NBA or close to it. Yeah, you're going to struggle without him. But I think why these this recent one just feels worse. It was just so reminiscent of what happened against the Clippers last season. Like after that series, you could have pointed to like, oh well, we didn't have Donovan Mitchell, we didn't have Mike Conley. Um, that's why they were so bad at the point of attack on defense. But then you look at Monday when you have both of those guys healthy, and it's like, okay, no one could really stay in front of anyone anyway. So it all kind of makes you retroactively go back and think maybe that those injuries didn't matter in the end. 
And, and so um, the, the problem still exists. And so that's why I think it feels worse, because really in the end you're asked, going to ask Rudy Gobert to still be in two places at once. I don't know if he can do that. He's really good at doing that. But in the playoffs, teams are better at taking away what teams want to do. And so, and so, yeah, like, I think that's why it just has this stinging feeling of like, okay, they, they haven't corrected any of the problems that have been their downfall in the last two playoff series. And so that's why it just feels worse right now. Now you can look back at everything else and all the numbers to the last two regular seasons and be like, you know, this is a really good defensive team. Maybe we are overreacting over two games without uh, with a bunch of 10 10 day contract guys and whatnot and that very well may be the case or it it could just be how you're feeling and be like okay no they haven't corrected anything and they need to correct something or the same thing is going to happen come april and may it's interesting when you look at the team, you know, because you've got your team and how it's playing, but then you have to look at your team versus the competition. And so if you're not all that great, but you're better than the competition, it's like the old yeah. thing, you know, I don't have to be faster than the bear, I just need to be faster than you if uh, we're in, in that situation. So I'm, 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 con- I'm wondering, you know, thinking of maybe looking back, instead of looking ahead, worrying about Phoenix and the Warriors, how about the Grizzlies? No, my goodness, right? And that, and that's, and that's kind of why you look at it, and you're like, look, these teams are have you, the Grizzlies are the perfect example. Like they went, they, that is not the same team the Jazz played last year. If they go and play that team in the playoffs, it's like, do they beat them? And so you, you're suddenly looking through the rosters, and you're like, yeah, okay, you have the Suns, you have the Warriors, you have the Grizzlies. Like the Jazz haven't competed very highly against some of the top teams in the league this season. Now, some of that might be because they don't care as much about the regular season as they did last year or as the Grizzlies do this year. Um, and, and that's why it's like you almost have to like you're, you – it's hard to kind of pinpoint what the problem is or where they're at because you don't know the level of teams' motivations right now. And we can go on to that conversation of is 82 games too much and is what, what, whatnot. But I think you have to almost guess. And the best guess is to look, okay, what, did we change a lot? Did we change enough? Like, yeah, they brought Rudy Gay in, and that's great, and he does give them a different look on defense. Eric Pascal also kind of the same thing if they want to play him. But it's like, did is their main core changed enough to really think, okay, this is a different team than it was last year when it comes to the playoffs? And Because and, the Grizzlies are better. The Warriors are better. This is going to be a better Western Conference and, than probably last season was when it comes to that, at least the top-end teams. And so – you look at it and you're like, are, how confident are you at any of those top eight? You look at any of the playoff teams and you're like, is there a for sure win right now? And I think last year you walked in, you're like, yeah, they're going to beat everybody outside the Clippers or Suns pretty easily. And that's kind of what the case was. And so I think, you, I think this team has taken a step back for now, but then again, it might just be they do not care as much about the regular season. And you, you had Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell tweeting out on Monday, like, look, failure is in final. We'll be okay. Like, everything is probably going to be all right. We're overreacting to a, a January swoon because it's January in the NBA and it's hard to get up for every game. But when Donovan gets up, in no, well, gets up, but he, in the Zoom conference after the game, twice on this road trip, and talks about attention to detail, focus, sustained effort. We get their shorthanded now, and they miss Gobert big time. 
get it. We don't have to debate that. Yeah. But that inability to focus consistently throughout the entire game and to hit a flat spot and just kind of tune out for a little while, that will crush you in the playoffs. And that's what Donovan has been saying the last two games, and he's right. But do you trust the Jazz to get to the point where they are locked in and doing it right all the time because they've been losing to some of the bottom teams of the league even when they had Gobert? Yeah, and, and that's what's so weird. And you can look back, and again, you always you like I know you got to move forward eventually, but without the, a big change, you kind of always have to look back to how they handled situations before. And you look back at what happened in Game Six, like like they had a huge lead, a ginormous lead that you should never give up in a playoff situation. And it wasn't just gone in twenty or twenty-four minutes and a half. It was gone in a quarter. And so it's like you you look at it and you're like, this this is a trend for this team. When they when it slips, it slips and they fall. And it like and so is that some like do they have the mental strength to kind of overcome those things? Because like you you don't have much proof to say yes they do in the playoffs they will get they will they will all come together and it'll be fine and so yeah like you have to have those wonders or you have to wonder if this is just them like if this is the best they can be and if they go and score a ton and they go down on this huge lead and overwhelm teams and those and break them yeah they're going to be just fine but if a team kind of comes back and punches back you there's a lot of evidence to say they they haven't had the strength to kind of fight back when the other teams are actually coming for them, and so it, it is interesting. And that, that's and that, yeah, like Donovan, like it was really interesting his reactions because after Saturday it was like forceful. I'm gonna, I'm kind of calling my team out, and then Monday it was almost like I don't know what else to do type thing. This, it, it, like I hope this isn't us, but it might be us. It almost felt defeated, and and it's like. Against the Pistons, like we're really having those where he talks about against the Pistons, and so that, that's why it's a little worrisome. Um, if you're a Jazz fan, yeah, I, I would be, I would be hoping for a trade probably, just because they, they, I think they do need another piece to, and maybe it's an attitude thing, maybe it's a skill thing, but there, there is something that's just quite not right right now, and you can go back to years on end, and it's always kind of been there, and they've just had things to overcome them. And the last two games just put a pretty big spotlight back onto it. What do you see in this house kid? Is he a a potential get minutes guy as far as a wing defender? You know, I these ten day contracts are so hard because one, and it kind of goes back to everything. What we're saying is just you're throwing these guys out and just hoping for the best. Like the Jazz system is so based around Rudy Gobert that it's like. You, you, we haven't really seen what these guys can do with him, and so it's hard to see. But yeah, may, maybe like he's probably played the best out of these ten day guys, and I think they are trying. It's like they have two open roster spots, so it's like they are tearing through these guys. They just get signed another ten day guy a few minutes ago, um, and so it's like they're they're looking for bodies and someone who can defend. That's really all it is at this point. It's like. If they can find a versatile defender that also isn't a like that can at least kind of threaten from the three point line, they're like we don't need a forty percent guy. We just need someone who can keep the team honest, and that is. And so I think I don't know, maybe like 
I, I think the fact that they're still signing them, even with the guys starting to come back, probably says that they don't think it's Dan Wellhouse. But, but you know, he I think he's played well in the spot minutes he's had. Uh, he showed some things that they've needed, especially like against Toronto. Throw him out there, bam, let let him go go just go play. And I think that's probably the biggest thing right now is just seeing a player go play. And if they can have that talent, have that skill, then yeah, they can bring him in and kind of work him in on the system. But I think we'll continue to see more 10 days, 10 days, 10 days until, until they find someone they really, really like. PK wrote a column this week about Donovan Mitchell, long-term, does he resign? does he leave? The third contract is different than the second one. The teams don't have as much say. As a matter of fact, they really... All they can do is they can offer more money, so they have that, and they can offer an extra year. So they got that. But it's really on the player. What do you think Donovan's going to do? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation to have now. It's like his first year of his new contract. But um, like I think the social justice issues, more than anything, have probably made him – think twice about staying here for a long term because I think he really likes Utah. I think he likes the team. I think he loves Coach Snyder. Like It's given him an avenue to be a star and be a star for his entire NBA career. Those things matter. And like they obviously have brought everything around him to make him happy. And I think he realizes, and I know there was this whole two years ago and the whole coronavirus that him and Rudy Gobert were not going to work out. I think he realizes he's a better player with Rudy Gobert. I think he realizes that Rudy Gobert helps him so much. Um, so I think I think in the end he'll probably he, – I think he'll always lean Utah. But, no, he's – like you look at the all-star voting stuff and he's, what, saying eighth in the guards? And it's like this is a star of – the big-time star of a Western Conference contender. Like just those two things combined probably should be – he should be higher than that. And so – like if that's his mind that he wants to be the top of the league, the star, the face of face of a big franchise, yeah, I could see him kind of wanting to go somewhere else and maybe not having to deal with, you know, a bunch of social justice issues. Like, like he's had to talk about a lot of stuff in the last few years that he probably wishes he didn't have to talk about. And so, and so there's a lot of things, but you know, I, I don't, I think that is so far from his mind right now, and so far from everyone's mind that it's like. It is what it is. Like obviously, speculation happens, and it's it's an interesting conversation. But yeah, it, there's so many things that can happen from now till the end of his contract that could alter that. That it's kind of just throwing a dart against the board and thinking, hey, maybe maybe he doesn't, maybe he stays, maybe he, maybe they won a two championships, and of course he's not leaving. So it's just a, it's, yeah, it's it's hard to pinpoint. But no, I like I wouldn't be shocked if he wanted to look elsewhere just based off the things that he's had to deal with here. Well, Ryan, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for hopping on with us. Well, thank you guys. Anytime, man. Ryan Miller joining us. Covers the Utah Jazz for KSL.com. Joe Varden covers the NBA for The Athletic. He's going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock. More on Donovan and recent reports about Donovan and the ongoing constant speculation. Yeah, and we, when we come back, we'll tell you the Jazz signed a player. Uh, the, the social stuff, I think you have more prominence here. You go to New York. You, you, One of the, the many voices. The line's out the door. I mean, they've got hundreds of people. Here, it's big news. Inevitably, somebody writes about whatever his latest thing is. So you can make a difference here.
And if you want to be somebody, what are you going to, you're going to go do what everybody else has done? Go, go someplace. Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden, uh, LeBron. We will get to that coming up. DJ and PK. We've also got Jazz tickets to give, give away coming up. Right now, though, Rod Rex joins us. And Lendright Mortgage has a deal. You can tap the equity on, use the new 2022 conventional loan limit. So with the new year, everything's changing, Rod? Right now, yeah, you can get a loan on those 2022 loan limits that uh, increased by almost $100,000 over last year's limits. So with that record high equity most Utah homeowners have right now, there's no better time to jump in, get that equity while you can still get a low fixed rate on a first mortgage and get that money out so you can either consolidate debt, do a remodel, do an addition, uh, get some money out to invest it, buy a second property or put the money into the market, uh, put that equity to work for you instead of just sitting there. So right now, do it with those new loan limits and you can still get a great fixed rate. 30-year rates are in the low threes and the 15 years are in the mid twos. So act now. And those rates are moving? Unfortunately, yeah. All of us in the industry are, are sad to see those record interest rates go, but they have already moved up about three-eighths of a percent just in the first few days of the new year here. And the Federal Reserve is already projected to do a minimum of three federal funds rate increases this year, as well as they're stopping all of their mortgage-backed security purchases by March. And all of those actions are going to push rates higher. Uh, by the end of this year, we could be considerably higher, uh, 2 to 3% higher than where we're at right now. So act now because that will save you a ton of money and interest to lock in the low rates we've got right now. Lenderite Mortgage, you like to say you don't just match the other lender's price, you crush it. How do you do that? The way we do that is just because we're an independent mortgage broker. So instead of being the actual lender who lends you money, we have contracts with the premier wholesale lenders across the country. What we do is go out and we shop for each individual client to find the lender that's got the absolute lowest cost on rate and fees. And then we quote you using that lender. And if you compare us to any other lender out there, your bank, credit union, any other online lender or mortgage broker, our costs, you'll find us to be usually several thousand dollars lower than, than the other lenders that you'll find quotes from. And so our mantra is if we can't save you at least $1,000 over any other lender out there, we'll give you a, a check for $1,000. So for people who want more info or for people who want to get the ball rolling right now, how do they get a hold of you? Right now, call our team. They're standing by and can answer all your questions. And if you're just curious about what rates and fees would be for a purchase or refinance, they can shop our network. And you can reach them at 801 Approve or visit us at LendRightMortgage.com. 801 Approve. 801 Approve or LendRightMortgage.com. Online at LendRightMortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. We've seen the Jazz be great without Rudy. 
they were great against Denver without Rudy. They've shown that ability to go out there and get it done. Whiteside has shown the ability to be as good of a defender, if not better than what Derek Favors was last year. Like we said early in the season, like, wow, not only did the Jazz replace Derek Favors, they may have exceeded Derek Favors. But when you lose three in a row and the rest of the NBA is laughing at you because they're like, yeah, that's who we thought you were. You're nothing defensively without Rudy Gobert. If I'm Rudy Gobert, I take these last three games and then I submit it to every NBA voter and say, who's your defensive player of the year now? It's me again, because look at what these guys are doing without me. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. All right, we promised you two things before the break. We're going to deliver on both of them right now. <laughs> First off, you want to see the Cavaliers and the Jazz play tonight? 855 yeah. 340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Be caller number 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. we got two tickets to the game. If you don't win now, we got another pair at 930. And then we'll have tickets on the half hour, every hour, all day long here on The Zone. Hot diggity. You. Cavs are an emerging team, too. Oh, they really are, yeah. Fun team to watch. Yep. Got Jim. a lot of size. Got some good guards. Jim just got a new extension. Yeah, Evan Mobley. Future's nice bright. Player out of USC. Yes. Former Kevin Trump. Lung. Old guy out of UCLA. <laughs> uh, you promised nephew of Mike Love, lead singer of the Beach Boys. Yes, who just turned eighty. Yes. Rod Stewart two days ago turned seventy-seven. You still think he's sexy? Do you still want his body? Nope. <laughs> Actually, saw him channel surfing one night when I got home from work. He was on one of the late night shows, and he was singing his newest. Newest hit, whatever it is, or newest song. I don't know if it's a hit. And it's a uh, hit in my world, buddy. <laughs> Rod the bod. <laughs> and my wife's like, oh, he's done. <laughs> he's not done. Done. D-U-N, done. He's just barely getting started, man. <laughs> nope. Done. done. Sugar. Done. Sugar. The thrill is gone. The magic is history. Sure, you, she wasn't talking about you? Uh, she probably was talking about both of us, to be honest. And, you know, it's fair. And you just thought it was Rod? But no, she's making eye contact with Rod at that point. Okay. He's good. He's an old man. He shouldn't be up there uh, singing like he's 25 on TV. Hasn't made, hasn't aged as gracefully oh, as some of the other stars. How old are the Eagles now? They're touring. They Well, one's dead. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> so, but the others have aged gracefully. You go on the show? Of the three. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's yeah, here. May 25th. I know. That's what I thought. Yeah. And uh, Vince Gill's the youngster. So they replaced Glenn Fry with uh, Vince Gill, which is pretty much like replacing Joe DiMaggio with Mickey Mantle. Because Vince Gill has like 23 Grammys. I mean, he's a superstar unto his own right. And he's married, of course, to Amy Grant. Uh, but the uh, the bulk of the three guys who've been in there the longest, they're in their early 70s, I think. They're 73 to 74. I, I don't need them to dance around. I just need them to sing. <laughs> Play the music. It, that's pretty much, they just bring out the stools and the mics and, and there they that's go. That's all they ever did anyway. Right, exactly. I mean, so it's easy. Yeah. 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 It's like Mick's got to come with a lot of energy because you expect him to be bouncing across some huge Which stage. Which he did and there's 78. Right, and there's probably some one arm of the stage that goes out into the crowd a Which couple hundred did. feet. Right. And if he doesn't bounce out on that thing two or three times during the show, you're like, yeah, Mick's lost a step. 
But the Eagles, that that was yeah. their their shtick hasn't changing. No, they get up. We come play, out. Play I lean tunes. on the stool. <laughs> I play some tunes. You sing along. Yeah. You give me money. We get in our twenty five cabs, like twenty five Yankees, going to twenty five <laughs> hotels, and we're out of here. It works. Yeah, we'll be here for the. I intend to go to that show. I've already made a call. Nice. <laughs> I'm willing to pay. <laughs> it's need something a little. But I want it as close as possible. Absolutely. Some good seats for the little lady, huh? Yeah. Pff, screw that. I want it for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be sitting next to her, so it's, it's a package deal. I'm more worried about me. <laughs> All right. She can tag along and have the good seats, too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You promised people jazz news before the break. You thought you could distract me with all the talk. But no. Focused. Like a laser. Jazz have gotten another 10-day deal. They're piling them up. Right? I can't keep track of all of them. Uh, this is a kid that represents both of us. He's a Phoenix kid, and he went over to San Jose State. And then, I think uh, his last year, transferred home to play for Bobby Hurley in Arizona State. It's a good thing he got to play for Bobby Hurley because I don't know how long he's, Bobby Hurley's going to be there because they suck. Uh, and his name is Zylan Cheatham. He is all sorts of athletic. In fact, he's more athletic than he is player, I think. He's in the 6'8 range or something. You're looking it up there? I was actually looking up to see uh, what he shoots. Uh, but he's got... You know, he's got serious hops. Yeah. And he's bounced around a little bit. They list him at 6'5". No, he's long. He's longer than 6'5", isn't he? Absolutely. So that's the thing. He may be longer, but he's not taller. Donovan Mitchell's 6'3", and has a, almost a 7-foot wingspan. There's so. no way Mitchell is 6'3". Donovan Mitchell has been listed at 6'3", <laughs> during just, various times in his career, but I've stood next to I'm Donovan Mitchell. Saying, I do not believe Donovan Mitchell is 6'3". There are fudging of heights going yeah. on all over the place. I don't stand anywhere near Donovan Mitchell anymore. I'm aware. Nor am I planning to anytime in the near future. The world has changed. Yeah. But back when I did such things, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's not 6'3". But to your point, guys are longer. And that's why all the teams are measuring wingspan. Where the top of your head is doesn't come into play that often. How long is your wingspan? And do you have the ability, well, especially for a big man, that second jump? Oh, absolutely. You know, how quick can you get back up? Why did Kirilenko make a lot of money, and why was he all the rage early in his career? And you can go to reading the novels in the locker room and whatever late in his career. But in early in his career, spectacular the way he hit the floor and go back up a second time. How much bounce do you have? This kid, Cheatham, has a fair amount of bounce. I don't think he's not a pure shooter by any stretch. I mean, he was a free agent. I think he played, made it, what, New Orleans? And uh, yeah. did, he have, did he have He was. He was there, and he played like four games. Yeah. Mostly a G League dude. Right. Most recently. But do they look at him as a project? They get in, they get to know him. I don't know. You have to go back. They interview a lot of guys. I mean, they've they brought through 100 guys leading up to a draft. And they're always tracking to see who improves. Can you double back and find someone at 24 who wasn't ready earlier, but who keeps improving? And we always bring up Joe Ingles, and we always bring up Royce. They're the two recent examples. But the minivan, to a degree, as well. And to another degree, Clarkson. Now, Clarkson's floor was higher, but he has continued to improve. But he's bounced around in his career before he found a home. How much can you improve? 23, 24, 25, 26. If you can keep improving, there's a chance you break through. 
and all these COVID signings are giving more guys a chance to get a look and show what they can do. Yeah, and that's good for those types. Yeah. Because they're all looking for a chance. They're all fighting, scratching, clawing, trying to make it in this world. Make the dream NBA. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of cool for these young fellas to get this So one of them was getting heckled. Uh, one of the guys the son signed was getting heckled by a fan, apparently. You know, you're not an NBA guy and attend. Blah, blah, blah. And apparently Chris Paul went over and let him have it. The fan? <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that? I don't know. The only thing I think of is you're drunk. You're a drunk you think or it, you're an do you idiot? Think, you think it impresses people? You're the tough guy. You stood up to no, the... No one goes to a game to, to be you. entertained by a fan. <laughs> I wish fans understood that, and they think they're funny. No, you're a loser is what you are. Just go to the game, sit there and watch the game. Don't spoil it for people around you. They're paying good money to be there. A lot of times they got kids. They don't want to hear your profanity. They want to hear your stupid comments. Well, I'm not going to be sitting down there with my kids, but I don't want to hear your profanity and your stupid comments. I like to watch the world's best. I said best. sometimes, right, yeah. yeah. I like to watch the world's best athletes do amazing stuff that nobody else can do. Cheer, and even if you want to boo, I'm okay with boo. But then that's it. But <laughs> you're running. Th- yeah. you're, you're running commentary. And I mean, hol- I would never boo. Right. You're running but commentary it, and hilarious. Uh, uh, nobody <laughs> goes to the game for that. I used to work as a teacher, and I would tell the kid who, because invariably there was one, if not multiple, in every class. Nobody's thinking, boy, I want to go to school today, and I don't want to learn about algebra. I want to listen to Johnny because he's so funny. Oh, is that what you do to go at the kid yeah, who yeah. tried to rattle the sub? Because there's always a kid in a class who wants to go after a sub. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you go right back at him. That's yeah. You. No one <laughs> thinks you're funny. You're just making a fool of yourself. You think people want to be like you. No, they don't. They're laughing at you, not with you. And why anybody would go and ridicule someone who's trying to make it? In the I league. think that was part of Chris Paul's thing. And then the other thing, I guess, that came up was that uh, the guys who are in the league know how close they are to getting games canceled, which cancels paychecks. And, man, you're Chris Paul. Like, how many more championships shots are you going to have at the championship? And maybe you get it and maybe you don't. They appreciate all the guys who are picking up their lives and moving to wherever and filling in to keep the thing going. The only time I would think about booing is if you give lack of effort. That's, yeah, the, that's not what that's ten the guys one on the thing. Guys on the ten day are not the ones Obviously who are going to be guilty not. of that. That's the only thing that gets under my skin is lack of effort. No, I cannot accept that. And Larry Miller used to speak about that. You, you, you're not going to make shots all the time. You're not going to win. You're probably going to lose more in terms of you look at it winning the title. Uh, but just give me whatever you got. I don't care. What the sport is. We're talking about this the other day We had, when we had on uh, uh, Brian Taylor. And guys said, I hate golf, blah, 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 blah. It's not about golf. Or we talked about soccer last week when they were uh, with the acquisition. So, yeah. And it's, I don't care whether you like the sport or not. Turn it off if you don't like it. But the thing that drives me to it, and I'm not a big soccer guy. I'll be the first to admit. But if I see men, women, I don't care who they are. If they're out there giving everything they got 
It's the competition aspect of it that draws me in. So that's how come I can watch it. And for years when I worked at the Watchdog, I can cover women's sports or whatever because those young gals, and then I, I actually I did cover some WNBA, a uh, little older women, and they were, they were balling. They're giving everything they got. And if you're giving everything you got, I'm in. Because that's the fun part. That's the essence of me, is to watch the competition of it and see people try to whatever it's, whatever the purpose is, whether it's to forward the ball or put the ball in the back of the net or hit the ball into the little hole, whatever it might be. That, that's the aspect that draws me. It's not even necessary. And obviously, I got more, I, the, the more major sports I'm more of a fan of. Uh, we, all, we all get that. But all I need is people competing against people and both sides giving everything they got. And, and that's the cool thing about this, all these 10 dayers, is they're running around with their heads cut off when they get in. And that, <laughs> that's fun. That's fun for me. I appreciate it because I identify with that. So, does Cheatham have upside? And the answer is probably not. Probably but, not. He's because how old is he now? But it, uh, he's twenty four. Right, he's still young. But but he's been three but years. But in San college. Diego State, he could not shoot the three a lick. No. Under twenty percent. He's and not a shooter. He redshirts for a year. He's athletic. He goes to Arizona State, sits a year, then he plays a year, and he didn't shoot a lot of them. But he did shoot forty four percent on the college three. So is this a guy who's? A good shooting coach and 10,000 reps away from breaking through. Everybody is looking for the diamond in the rough. Everybody needs good rotation players on the cheap because you're paying so many guys and you can't pay everybody. Is he that guy? Probably not. But everybody's trying to find that guy, and the answer is always probably not. And then sometimes it turns out to be yes anyway. Was Royce that guy? Probably not, but it turned out to be yes. It does catch my eye that he shot 44%. It's only 25 shots, but he couldn't shoot a lick at San Diego State. And I'm betting he spent a lot of his redshirt year trying to find a spot on the court behind the three-point line where he could hit that shot. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to take a break. Coming up, we're uh, 45 minutes away from giving more, away more jazz tickets. We are 20 minutes away from talking to Joe Varden, who covers the NBA for The Athletic. And uh, PK, because you hear stuff periodically, you have written a column this week on uh, Donovan Mitchell. Should he stay or should he go? A decision that's still a ways off, but at least we're in the contract now where that becomes a topic. We will get to that next. Stay with us. This is unright. You guys are doing a hell of a job. I just believe it can't be status quo for Utah. Because if it's status quo, USC, Oregon are gonna go, they're gonna blow by Utah in the next couple of years. Utah's got to get bolt. They got to get creative. They got to get outside the box. They got to get some big time recruits, bigger than what they've been getting. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. The John Watson Chevrolet High School Player of the Week Award is presented weekly to the top prep boys and girls basketball players in northern Utah. This week's winners were Tamea Gardner from Fremont High and Hunter Schenk from Weber High. See why new and used car buyers give John Watson Chevrolet more five-star reviews than any other Chevy dealer in Utah. John Watson Chevrolet, your five-star Chevy dealer. So, PK, you wrote a column this week about Donovan Mitchell. It has been a topic on and off. I haven't wanted to discuss it at all because he wasn't even in the contract from which he could leave. But now he is, so I guess I'll I'll cross the threshold well, and be the, willing to talk about it. I'm not a big it. dog. The big dogs have been talking about it. Yeah. Who are the big dogs? Uh, Wendy. Brian Windhorst. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, he mentioned it last year. That's one of the reasons why they brought in Dwayne Wade. Before the contract actually even went into effect, because it didn't go into effect until this year, right? Right. He signed it before the season, the way the rules are. You sign it going into your last season, and then it kicks in right. the following season. So basically, what, your fifth year? Is that the way it works? And and then you're, you know, receive an enormous raise. Sweet! Yeah. And, and that's the way it is. I mean, he's going to be rich beyond wildest dreams, probably. Although he came from affluence, for sure. Let's never forget that. Uh, and good for him. Uh, and he's taking advantage of it and put himself in this position to be a great ball player. Kicked him up to twenty-eight million bucks, and his salary will go to thirty to thirty-two to thirty-five to thirty-seven. But the thirty-seven is the option year; he can opt out of in the summer of twenty twenty-five. Well, that'll be here before you know it. I know. Or you could you can also do like uh, basically you know you can have the ongoing drama that Carmelo Anthony had with the Nuggets. You know that be, that that strung out. It was like it was constantly a topic. And LeBron in Cleveland that last year, and I had been told a year before that he was going to, the Lakers knew he was coming, he was going there. I said it on the air, and uh, that's exactly what happened. So those things are out there. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, this market size, I, I get it. This is a smaller market. But I also think if you're good enough, you can achieve whatever you want. What didn't the statues achieve? They didn't win a title. But uh, what they, didn't they receive? What they didn't pretty they much got everything else. Yeah, yeah, because Stockton got his NBA records that still stand. They don't appear to be challenged. Malone's still the second leading scorer, and he's still a two-time MVP. And he's done they, national commercials. And mm-hmm. Stockton could have done any anything he wanted. He, he didn't, didn't want, want to, to, right? And that's and his choice. They both went to two Olympics, and they were on the dream team. They were on the most famous Olympic team. Other teams will come along, and they'll well, win, they'll and they'll be, be impressive. Like that. But that was no. that was a one-shot deal. Yeah, yeah. It was the ultimate. Magic and Bird and Jordan generations passing to the torch. I mean, it was the only dream team that came close was on the billboards on I-15. It was you, me, Ian, uh, Fox, uh, uh, Gordon, and Bojack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. When I we went and pulled off the side and took pictures and I showed it to my mother, you wouldn't believe her language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my wife said that about my dad driving, by, <laughs> driving down the freeway and dad saw that. And he was just like, no way. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a little surprised, too. I'm not going to kid you. I told you. And then they had just the two of us uh, for it, a while with these did. massive headshots. <laughs> oh, and, and one of my buddies. I got a large skull in the first place. But they made it like 20 feet across. One of my buddies who was. He's now the editor of the Orange County Register, not the sports editor, but the overall, the yeah. editor, which, which actually is the Southern California News Group. So he's way up there, and he was covering SC for them at the time. And he's he drives into when they when the SC came up to Provo to play, mm-hmm. and he lands here, and he's just driving down, driving down the freeway, sees and he sees it like your two noggin. or three times. <laughs> He gets there, calls me up, what is this? <laughs> a little prep guy in uh, in uh, L.A. But I think you can achieve everything here. I really do. I mean, you they, did, they didn't win the title, but Nash didn't win the title. Ewing didn't win the title. Barkley didn't win the title. On down the line. Yeah. How many titles has Iverson got? And Iverson and Ewing were in massive media markets. Philly and New York. I mean, and they're they're two hours apart. They're virtually connected. So I don't know that media market is going to give you a title. You don't know that, man. Tim Duncan actually won five of them, and he's out there 
minutes from Mexico, metaphorically. You know what I mean? So it's it's about your team. And I think that it's possible here. Is it improbable? Maybe. Is it harder? Yeah. But that's what would make it sweeter. Well, Look at what just happened when they retired Dirk's jersey. Uh, Dallas is a top 10 media market. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a long way from the I-95 corridor and all that. So in its own way, it's out of the way. But it's out of the way in a massive way. But he had the one title. What do you and, man, want? They celebrated. What is Durant going to get? Who's Durant? He's rich. He's a Hall of Famer. But who is he? You know, when you attach, he's a jazz man. Uh, Cal Ripken's an, an Oriole. Uh, Tony Gwynn's a Padre. Uh, Clayton Kershaw's a Dodger. You know what I mean? And th- so who does Donovan Mitchell want to be? Does he want to be... And we can't really go stocked on Malone. I mean, they were they were retired, and I guess he was alive. I'd have to check his birthday, but he was born when they won the title. But way before he's going to have any memory of them. Who he's at Stockton Malone aren't going to resonate. They're old guys to him. When you said they won the title, they didn't win the title when they went to the finals. Oh, Sorry. okay. Um, but Kobe, Kobe's Duncan, a Laker man. Magic's Nowitzki. a Laker. Yeah. There's three guys who are in Donovan's wheelhouse because he is a sports historian and he was a fan at a young age. And there's three guys who stayed where they started and won. Kobe of the three, Kobe and Duncan both came close to leaving. Duncan almost went to Orlando and didn't. And there was a time Kobe was going to go across the hallway to the Clippers, but then he didn't. So stuff gets frayed and it gets tense and there's plenty of speculation. And that's not the same thing as leaving. That stuff happens. People get to be human, That's have business. emotions, wonder. It's business, and they're curious about choices they see other guys making. Because for all those guys that I can say are one team guys, you just listed all the guys who did move. And so, advising Donovan, I come up with a different answer than predicting Donovan. And don't relationships matter? Isn't Ryan Smith? The, isn't he cutting edge, young guy? Hat backwards, the way he appears, the way he speaks, bringing Dwayne Wade on, these young tech guys, young, relatively speaking, from the business standpoint, not from a professional athlete timeline standpoint, because if you're 40, you're young in the business world, but you know, you're know right. you done as an athlete. We understand that. But you got all these guys here, and, and what, do you, what do you want, man? See, I think the, the relationship that really mattered, and, and the ownership does matter, Stockton and Malone, and it, and it mattered, and certainly Carl has spoken about it at length and gotten really emotional speaking about it. The relationship with Larry mattered because there was a father figure role going on there, and he didn't have one. Yeah, I don't and know that mattered. But that, I really but think, but I really think the relationship they had with Sloan, they had other players come through, they saw what was happening on other teams, the new guys on other teams, and they thought, well, we got here, we shouldn't mess with. And I think Donovan's got that with Quinn. Now, is Quinn going to be Jerry, and how long is he going to stay? Well, there's, there's a whole other discussion, a whole other segment. But if you got a coach who tailors things to you, and you got a great relationship, and you got a lot of trust in him, that should be something that's hard to walk away from. Because we know how it works with coaching in the NBA. Guys are here, and guys are gone. Even good be, be, coaches. Be different. Be Kobe, be Duncan, be Nowitzki. Or be LeBron, 
be Durant, be Kyrie Irving, be James Harden. Plenty of guys have moved. Your choice. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Rod Rex is here. He and Lynn Wright Mortgage have some deals for you to hear about. He was telling you interest rates were going to go up, and they have. And he's also telling you he can get you the lowest rate available. Right, Rod? Yeah, that's the great thing about Lendright Mortgage is we're totally on the side of our clients. And what that means is we go out, independently shop the premier lenders in the country. Uh, so these aren't just small, no-name lenders. Uh, they are the actual largest mortgage lenders in the country. And because of their scale and because of our contracts with those lenders, we can provide pricing that is unmatched by any bank, credit union, online lender. And that's the ability we have to pass those savings onto our clients just by leveraging those relationships and the wholesale lending channel to deliver the absolute lowest combination of rate and fees you can possibly find. And we just back it all with a $1,000 lowest rate guarantee. We say, go out, shop all the lenders you want, come to us. We'll give you a quote from our best lender. If we can't save you at least $1,000, we'll give you a $1,000 check. Keep in mind, most of the time, we'll save you way more than 1000 One of the examples is comparing the largest credit union today on a $500,000 purchase loan. They're at 3.5% on their interest rate, and their closing costs are 7200 bucks. At that same interest rate, we actually have a $6,400 credit rather than cost. So it's a difference of $13,600 overall. If you're looking to buy, if you're looking to refinance, you got more questions, get a hold of Rod. Rod, how should they reach out to you? Best thing to do is just call our team. One of our originators will take great care of you. It's 801 Approve or visit us online at lendrightmortgage.com. 801 Approve or lendrightmortgage.com. 801 Approve is the number to call. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Joe Varden covering the NBA for The Athletic. Joe, good morning. Hey, DJ, how's it going? Good. You know, there was a time when I think most of us, could, if we were given two or three picks, could pick the NBA champ and we could give somebody else 27 or 28 teams in the field and they'd have no chance of winning that bet eight or nine years out of ten. Most of the time you knew. With the three-point shot, it feels like that's broadened a little bit, and maybe with COVID it's even harder to predict right now. But if I said there were legitimately six teams that could win the NBA title, do you think I'm being too generous, or you'd agree? Hmm, I'm counting in my head. Um, Suns. I don't know. Suns, Warriors, Jazz, Bulls, Nets, Bucks. And I know the Grizzlies are hot, but I didn't count them as one of the six. I didn't mention yeah. Miami in the standings. They look pretty good, too. So, but I, and, yeah. and maybe you swap one of the teams out and you put the Grizzlies in. But is it really six teams with a legit shot? Well, I, I'm fine with all those. I mean, you know, the Bucks are kind of middling through. Um, but they did that last year and won it all, so they kind of know what they're doing. Um, the Bulls, this iteration of the Bulls has never been there before. 
And, I mean, at least like when you consider the guys who are leading them, you're talking about DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, they haven't been to the top yet either, uh, which is what the Jazz, of course, are dealing with, except they've been together for a lot longer. Um, so I would like the Jazz over the Bulls at this point. You know, Brooklyn, I've seen them a bunch um, through my work in the East. And, and you know, I mean, Kevin Durant is awesome. He was awesome in the Olympics. He was awesome last year in the playoffs. Um, they've been wrecked by injury. You know, they don't have Joe Harris. The Kyrie situation is weird. You know, he looks great when he's out there, actually, but, he, you know, he's only available a, a quarter of the time. Um, you know, and then out west, I mean, the, the Warriors, they just got Clay back into the fold, and actually they don't look great offensively with him, which, of course, is to be expected. But considering all that they've done all year, you think he gets into the fold and they'll – they'll be pretty tough to beat. And then the Suns are probably as deep as anybody. So, you know, I I like your list and you're right. I mean, we went through that stretch of four or five years where it was the Warriors or the Cavs or that's it. Um, And we've we've gone past that and and the the Warriors are back, but it's, it's different. Um, Nobody's thinking about the Bucks really, even though they're defending champs. So I think it's good for the league. I mean, in, in a year where the league needed to come back from a ratings perspective and a popularity perspective, I think you're seeing that. I think the ratings are up. I think interest is up. Um, and more good teams is a better thing, obviously. Trade deadline is less than a month away now. How much yeah. movement do you expect? And then after that, there's always the buyout market. So, okay, so first of all, I, I don't I don't put a ton of, of faith in the buyout market in, in, insofar as um, you don't go there – Typically, to, uh, to 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 turn your team into a championship uh, team, and you just like you you'll probably be able to find a, an example where I'm wrong. Um, but by and large, that doesn't work for most for most teams. I think the bigger pieces move at the trade deadline. You know, the the biggest piece obviously is Ben Simmons and what's going to happen with him. Um, but he's the biggest in terms of how decorated he is. I mean. He wasn't very good in the playoffs last year, and then obviously he hasn't played at all this year. Uh, but he's the biggest piece, and he's got the most money attached to him, and so you you wait to see what, what happens there. I, I think, hopefully, uh, that the the COVID, which is running rampant through the league and through our, our country, will, will, um, will, will regress, and the, the league will be able to get back to business as usual. But right now, GMs haven't had a whole lot of time to talk significant trade. You know, they're, they're worried either about uh, filling their own rosters with these 10-day guys. I know Utah just signed somebody. Don't don't ask me to say who it was, um, but they just picked up. They just signed a guy to a 10-day deal. Zylan Cheatham. All right. Well, hey, there you go. Like there, <laughs> you, I couldn't name him. I mean, we could sit here all day, and I wouldn't come up with that name. Uh, and that's <laughs> that's been a struggle for the league the last few weeks for sure, having to to play with those kinds of players but so it goes as Billy Joel says 
Joe Varden join us covering the NBA for the Athletic. I am uh, I am amazed by the Clay Thompson. He was so good. He has been out so long. There's a handful of guys you can kind of sort of compare him to, but it doesn't really fit. What he's doing is uh, unprecedented. Just absolutely not play at all for two and a half years. Even even Bill Walton got out on the court occasionally, and uh, Grant Hill got out on the court occasionally. Uh, what level do you expect him to return to? Yeah, I, I mean, he certainly, like, that dunk was awesome, and he hit a couple threes against the Cavs. Um, last night against the Grizzlies, I think he was two of five. I mean, he doesn't, he, like, I think we can agree he doesn't look like old Clay yet, and nor should he. Um, I, in talking to the either Warriors people or my Warriors people, um, you know, I mean, there's a hope that what we're talking 80% clay, 85% clay this year, um, and go from there. I mean, any kind of serviceable clay who's just healthy, you know, forget about the certain spring in a step or how long it takes to get that jumper back to full strength, um, ability to, to lock down defensively and almost any guy on the floor, just a competent, healthy clay on that team and that system makes them a really, really tough out. And, uh, and yeah, it's remarkable what Clay is, is doing so far here in the early going. Um, but I think it's more, it's, it's more so what he overcame to get here. I mean, because he was healthy. He was ready to come back. And then to suffer another devastating injury after a year of rehab, that is just, you know, as far as pro athletes go, there's not a whole lot worse that can happen to you. Um, as far as having to overcome it mentally. So kudos to him for being able to stick it out and, and, and go through two full years of rehabilitation uh, and to come out on the other side of it. In the West, it looks like you got four teams have separated themselves. We'll see how it finishes out, putting Memphis in there as they are really playing well of late and looks like they've got a lot of talent, young talent to develop. The thing that's curious to me is that when we get to the postseason – who knows what we could see right from the start in the first round because you can look at Denver, the Clippers, and the Lakers. Theoretically, I don't know if it'll happen, but they could have all their guys back so what they will have gone through a whole bunch of the season may not look anything like the playoffs. So I'm thinking, get your thought on it, has the potential to be really crazy if the rosters are full the way they're intended to be. That's a great point, and I think the best of those examples is the Nuggets. You know, you got to think about a Nuggets team. They have been on the doorstep. You know, we're talking conference finals. We're talking conference semifinals. Um, you know, they've been through it with, with Jokic and Jamal Murray. Those are two of the better players in the league. And, and to just be sort of keeping their head above water – with all the COVID they're dealing with, and then, of course, with Jamal Murray being out, you know, all of a sudden you get a Denver team that has him back and his sort of stayed afloat with all they've been through. Like, yeah, that's a hell of a seven seed. I mean, whew, that's really, that's really tough, you know. And then the Lakers, I, I'm a little bit – like, the, the way they are built, they, they have to – like, it's got to be LeBron. Like, LeBron – has to carry them. Uh, Anthony Davis has not shown an ability to do it. He has not lived up to, to sort of the plan there, which was for him to become the alpha and LeBron to be his wingman. That has not happened. 
Um, so it's LeBron who has been awesome by himself this year, but his great play has not been enough to get them, you know, anywhere near where they thought they would be. Um, so we'll see with, with Anthony Davis. I think he's the kind of second one. Uh, or that that's the second item there. Um, you know, you guys haven't even asked me about the Jazz yet. Um, We're getting there. Don't worry. But, okay, <laughs> I just I like them. I, I like them. I, I think that the reaction to the three game losing streak is overblown, and um, you know, and even and especially even who they lost to. I mean, losing to the Pistons. I mean, it happens in this league. I mean, you look around. I think every team has bad losses. Um, and, and, you know, I think the Jazz, more than any team over the last couple of years, has learned that lesson, that it's not about how you finish in the regular season. It's the things that you do to prepare yourself um, for that postseason. It's a different game. And so, you know, I think Quinn was right the other night when he said, you know, we need to use this game to, to further focus us. And that, that's it. That's the only thing that matters is it was another reminder about having to play on the perimeter and having to be a physical, gritty defensive team when Rudy's not out there. Um, and also to draw it up <laughs> in a way so that you don't have to have Rudy running out to the corner, um, which the perfect way to practice that is when he's unable to play. It doesn't matter that they blew a second-half lead to the Pistons. It just doesn't. It doesn't. And they're not, the Jazz probably aren't going to win the West during the regular season. They're not going to get that number one seed, but that, that, that's okay. What matters is learning these lessons now because they are a team that knows each other well. And they have been, to, you know, they've been through a, a number of playoff runs. So they're there. They're ready, you know, to contend deep. It's, it, it's about shaping the roster and shaping how they do their stuff. Um, to be ready for, to, to, for, for playoff action. Forget about this stuff now. I think what matters about the Piston game isn't the final score and whether they won or lost. It's the fact that they didn't play the right way when they needed to. Yeah. And when things started going wrong, they weren't capable of taking the game by the shoulders or the neck or whatever else, you know, grabbing it and spinning it around and making it go the way they wanted to. And those are things you need to do in playoff games because the playoff games are going to go wrong at some point. And you have got to be able to summon something and change the direction of a playoff game. That's how the Clippers knocked the Jazz out in Game 6. It was going poorly for the Clippers until it was going great for the Clippers. They turned the game around. And so, aside from the final score, the fact that Jazz didn't know, do those things, which would have impacted the final score, that's a concerning <laughs> part. And they obviously don't have their guys. If they're playing without Gobert, they're not going to win the title. So... Playing without right. Gobert in the regular season is, I don't know, what's the opposite of fool's gold, the negative version of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I used to, you know, and maybe my views on this are a little skewed, you know, but, but in my beat writing days, I was a beat writer in Cleveland. And the Cavs had no chance on the nights that LeBron didn't play. And we would wring our hands because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were on the team. And how can they lose all these games with two two of the big three still there, but you knew ultimately that the way they were going to play in the playoffs and the way they were going to get to a finals and win was if LeBron was there and healthy. And so I think that's a good point. I, I definitely see your point about being, uh, you know, disappointed in the way that they were unable to close that game. Um, but again, I just look at, uh, you know, and I mean, I look at things like 
you know, being at the end of a long road trip in January, I mean, it was like a three or four game. So I think it was a four game trip to a bunch of different cities and different time zones. Um, you know, at the end of a trip, the last team you're playing is not very good. Rudy's not out there. You know, you just there's a number of different excuses and. Um, but no, make no make no mistake though. I mean, for a night in January, you're not going to watch that game and say, "Oh yeah, we're ready to go for for April." But I just I, I want to try to preach the long game approach that uh, this, that what you saw I, I suspect is not a harbinger of, of bad times to come. So, Joe, a little while ago, a few minutes back, you quoted Billy Joel, right? You did. A, did you drop I did. Okay, so looking down the line. Uh, a few years. Do you think Donovan Mitchell will be in a New York state of mind? Nice. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I've been a, in this league long enough to know not to say, not to guess on stuff like that. Um, I, I think that he's the guy. I, I think the Knicks are going to land somebody, whether it's Zion, whether it's whether it's Donovan. I know Donovan is, is uh, comfortable in Utah. He's been well received there. Um, I think it's important for them to get to a finals, you know, or, or, or win one. Um, certainly to make that next step. I mean, those are the kinds of things that stars want to see. Um, and so, what he's already he's playing on a uh, he's playing on an extension already. So he will have been in the league a long time. Yeah, I mean, that's a, like whether you're Cleveland or Milwaukee or Utah or Memphis or. Charlotte, I mean, those are the markets where, like, you get your guys for seven years uh, or so, and then, if, you know, then you, you do run that risk of losing a guy. Um, and, and five years ago, that, I mean, that would have sent shockwaves to the jazz community. But now I think we've kind of all grown up to that, um, to that, that possibility. I think that, I think that Giannis um, choosing to stay in Milwaukee before he saw that they were for real and that they were going to do the things that, it, that was necessary to win. I think that bodes well for the Jazz franchise. Um, you know, I mean, sort of the awkwardness between Rudy and, and Donovan, whenever that was, if it's still there, I'm not quite sure, but it certainly was there. That's not great, but, I mean, winning cures a lot. And if, they, if the Jazz are still clicking, hitting on all cylinders and getting to the finals and winning one, then, you know, he may want to be a guy who, who makes his career and, uh, in Salt Lake. I mean, it, I mean, it's happened before, and, and, and Donovan, I think, is interested in following in the footsteps of, of, of Carl and, and, and John, and, and so, you know, he's certainly, he's got talent to, to maybe be that guy, but he and they have to win together. Yeah, I say screw New York, because who needs a house out in Hackensack? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I mean, but Billy, I mean, that's right, house out in Hackensack, but he also, he writes a lot about, you know, Midtown, and Living in Hell's Kitchen too, so you know there's all kinds of, of nice real estate for for a, a Donovan Mitchell or a, or a, a Zion Williams. I don't know. Yeah, look, Zion Williamson is so uh, just sort of, I mean, out of sorts with the Pelicans that he's not even rehabbing near them right now. He's, I think he's in Portland or something like that. So I think if you're ranking them as far as who's getting out of their their uh, home base sooner, I, I would put Zion ahead of Donovan for sure. Joe, the only surprise is that PK didn't start quizzing you about Uptown Girls and really try to make you uncomfortable. He could have done that, but he didn't. 
Before we let you go, the trade deadline is looming, and we've assessed all the top teams in the league. What are the odds that everything we said doesn't matter because Portland moves Damian Lillard or Boston decides to reset and move one of their stars and make a mega deal? Or the Simmons deal gets done, and it's a multi-team deal, and that we see some really talented players move that change all the equations we've been talking about. I mean, I, like, I just, I want to be upfront. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know that, that Portland has any plans to go against what Damian Lillard has said 700 times mm-hmm. and trade him anyway. Um, I, I don't know that. Um, of, of the three scenarios you said, I, I would certainly put the, the Ben Simmons thing first. Um, you know, I still, I don't think the Celtics need to do that. They don't need to trade one of those guys. Um, they don't need to break up their team. They need to get better around those two. Like they have two legitimate stars under contract for a long time. You don't need to move one of them. You need to do a better job filling out the rest of the roster. Um, and they just haven't. They haven't done it for, for the last few years, and it's not because of Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown's contract. Um, so I would, I would preach against that. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's Simmons first, and then I would guess Willard second just because it doesn't appear that the Blazers are anywhere close to doing anything as far as winning. Um, and then the Celtics thing third. And I said that and watch three weeks from now, you know, they'll trade uh, Jalen for whoever. <laughs> Well, Joe, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, all the Billy Joel talk with PK, and we will talk to you again later this season. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Joe Varden covering the NBA for The Athletic. Yeah, that's why I try to take it easy, you know. You know? Sure. Because, I mean, everybody knows. Working too hard. Can give you a hot attack. Hackensacks and jerseys, you know that? I did. <laughs> I've learned a lot about Jersey without really going there that often. I've been there. Not a lot. Not for very long. And not for very much of Jersey. Hey, he brought up Billy Joel, not me. There, there you go. <laughs> All right, coming up, we're going to give away jazz tickets. We're going to do that to tonight's game, the Jazz and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we'll do that right after the commercial break here on the other side. Right now, we're joined by Rod Rex. And, Rod, you've been telling us interest rates were going to go up, and now it's happened. Unfortunately, I'm the bearer of bad news. The record low rates for the last two years are definitely in the rearview mirror. The good news is, is homeowners here in Utah have record low or, or record equity in their homes. So you've got an opportunity uh, that's not going to last very long to, to take advantage of that equity. Uh, whether you're looking to do a debt consolidation and lower your overall monthly payments by several hundred dollars by consolidating those debts, we can put you on a track to pay off the mortgage and those debts years sooner than you otherwise would. And you can do it right now with rates that are still historically very low. We're in the low threes on a 30-year fixed, and we're in the mid twos on a 15-year term. So before those rates go up, which by the end of this year, they very easily could be in the fives, even sixes, if inflation continues to run. So act now, lock in those low rates, save yourself a ton of money, and tap that equity. 
Because you know stuff we don't and you do math that we don't, when you say the rates are going up 3 4 5%, wherever they go, however fast they get, how much money does that mean to someone who's buying a home or refinancing a home? What's the, the total number of dollars? Yeah, simple example. If you take a $400,000 loan and right now you can get easily a 3.5%, our rates are just a little bit lower, but let's just take a 3.5% rate. And if you compare that to a 4.5% rate on a 30-year term, you're going to save $83,000. Now, if rates go up to 5.5%, the difference between a 35 and a 5.5% interest rate is $171,000 in interest paid. So we're talking huge money here. All right, for people who want to know more and want to talk to you about their situation, what should they do? How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, call us at 801 Approve. One of our originators will take great care of you. Or you can visit us online at lendrightmortgage.com. 801 Approve. Call 801 Approve or go online to lendrightmortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. I think the Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers are the two really good teams. In fact, I'm probably changing my Super Bowl pick to mirror what uh, Sam Farnsworth from KSL. That's his pick. I'm probably going to copy that pick now. Never going to pick slash root for the Chiefs. You don't have to pick. You don't have to root for them, but you can pick them. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to get you up to date on everything you missed during this show. And it is brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call or visit Lee'sHeatAC.com now to schedule a free in-home estimate or a free second opinion. You know what you missed earlier in the show? Us giving away a couple pairs of tickets to see the Jazz and Cavs tonight. So we'll do it again right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Call right now. Be caller number 12, and you'll win two tickets to tonight's game. Jazz and the Cavs are playing. The Battle of the Catholic Schools is off, PK. There it is. Judge Memorial Juan Diego. Just put it out on social media. (laughs) Not playing. Game's postponed. Not that the Rams have signed Eric Weddle, but Juan Diego and Judge Memorial will not be playing basketball. There it is. Because the Rams have signed Eric Weddle. David Cantor tweeting out, Hey, Rams NFL fans, guess who's back? That's his agent, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Ennis' brother? I don't think so, no. <laughs> Spells it with a C, not a K. So oh, first. dang it. Yeah. <laughs> we have some other news from David Cantor this morning. It involves a local guy. I think it's what we just said, and you came in late. Oh, I apologize. What were you going to say? I was fixing your... <laughs> paperwork issue. Cool. Good to have that fixed. We have the Eric Weddle news. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Oh. It's like him asking if there's going to be any trade movement after I just had that, asked him if there's going to be a trade movement. Is there going to be any trade movement? <laughs> you went and no. asked the same yes. question. No. <laughs> I had asked it earlier in the interview and you finished it up with it. <laughs> yeah, brother. Good to know my words matter. All words matter, except when they don't. <laughs> Of all the things we've discussed this morning, what most would you like to share with people? <sighs> How about the amazement with the Memphis Grizzlies, no. who might be under the radar, but they shouldn't be. Ten in a row. Under, so that, 19 that, that and whole four. thing 
cracks me up. The what? under the radar. Yep. They're not under the radar. <laughs> they are. They're not. They shouldn't be, but they are. You're... And They'd the won same, a lot of games. It's the same philosophy they, with the Jazz. It drives they, me crazy. Right, but you can win a lot of games right now because there's a lot of bad and mediocre teams. But beating the Warriors puts a stamp of approval on them. No, it doesn't. You don't think it does? No, Why not? because they didn't have Draymond Green. Yeah. No, but the and Grizzlies Clay are short in his second game, and the Grizzlies are shorthanded too. Yeah, Clay, that's that's the bigger one right there. And, well, and not to no, underestimate Draymond Green, but is Clay Thompson going to be different after 32 games or 42 See, games, that, and he's after two? Obviously, he is. But that whole philosophy drives me nuts. Of you're under the radar. If you played in another area, no. No, 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 no. Golf is a niche sport. Mm-hmm. But yet Tiger was a household name. Yeah. Why? Because he won. He was unlike anything we've seen. Phil Mickelson is on all sorts of commercials. But you're not like comparing. Dancing. You're not comparing what the Grizzlies have done to Phil and Tiger. But I can. If you win, the point is it doesn't matter. You can live in Oshkosh. If you win. You will be found. Scotty Pippen is playing at Central Arkansas. And, and, and he's found, and right. And the Rod- Rodman's right. at a JC. Yep. If you're good enough, you will, that whole idea, you have to be in New York. You have to be in Chicago. Bull crap. Well, that wasn't so much what I was referring to is the fact that they've won 19 out of 23. And they have not won at that pace. No, it's 19 out of 20. No, it's 20 out of 24 now. Irregardless, you're getting bogged. I'm getting bogged down. They haven't won at this clip for this period of time. And so what? The big thing was Donovan Mitchell was seventh in the all-star voting. So that means he wants to go to a bigger market. And, And Hayward bought into that crap. He bought into it. That he wasn't receiving the acclaim because he was in Utah. You weren't receiving the acclaim because you weren't good enough to receive the acclaim that you thought you should get. The but statues received all the acclaim that they could possibly want. It's a true story. The only thing that didn't happen was Sloan winning Coach of the Year. I mean, the Executive of the because Year. Because they were so the freaking good every year. Executive and Coach of the Year went to Frank He Layton. should have quit and gone and coached the Clippers then if he wanted Coach of the Year. <laughs> Yeah. That 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 was receiving acclaim. You're too good all the time. You don't. Re- he was receiving acclaim. The ultimate individual honor is Hall of Fame. Check, check, check for Jay Slow and the statues. I'm so sick of hearing about that. Uh, this morning I heard it. I'm flicking around and I got like seven options now on the series radio. And I flick, I don't even remember what it was. Oh, John Moran, if he was playing in bull crap. Oh, everybody saw him go up and get the ball off the top of the uh, rectangle above the, the glass with the two and man you're, block. And you're asking for people who don't give a crap in the first place to now give you a claim. Because if you give a crap, you, you know damn know. freaking well how good Ja Morant is. You don't need somebody to tell you because you give a crap. We, the three of us, give a crap. And so we know exactly how good Ja Morant is. We don't need him to play for the Lakers. And I can argue, if you played for the Lakers, you wouldn't be getting the acclaim because LeBron gets the acclaim. I give you Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma (laughs) is a 
perfect example. Kyle Kuzma is putting up huge numbers. He's had a couple of 29-point games. If he played games. in L.A., could you imagine? <laughs> he wouldn't get the ball, and then LeBron would look at him if he missed one shot, and then he'd end up scoring seven points, and everyone complained about him, and he'd end up on the Wizards. Two things about Kuzma. He's either in the gym or the tattoo shop. You know that, right? Well, he, he spends a lot of time surfing. He's working on both aspects of his body. Either whip, lifting or getting tatted. He's a player. So I am so sick of that narrative, which I hate that word. Yeah, it wasn't what I was getting at, but that was a tremendous uh, rant by you. I enjoyed it. But, 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 but the, Moran, the Moran and the Grizzlies thing applies to the Jazz. It does, in that regard. But I think... The fact that they beat the Warriors and beat a good team, and granted, everybody's shorthanded now, and both teams are shorthanded in that game, so I get that. But they have won 20 out of 24. And we had talked earlier about, man, look at the Grizzlies. They are coming, but they are so far behind the other three teams. So they were kind of on an island. Well, they've now caught the Jazz. They're like cornerbacks? They're on an island? They were, yes. The big tight end? No, they were more the cornerbacks on an island. Great concentration when the ball is tipped? I love cliches. Things that must be said. (laughs) Aikman did that during the game this weekend when a ball there was a, a tipped ball and a guy got great hit. concentration the concentration <laughs> I was like where's PK that would irritate him and when the DN it was a doesn't phenomenal go catch. with the uh, runner on the outside he has to crash down yeah you can't just run yeah you, you can't, have to crash you down. can't pinch inside I'm sure we could come up with another he bit on the fake no he crashed. Oh, brother. I'm just so sick of this. You're appealing to people who, by definition, they're ignorant. Because if you're not ignorant, you know who Jaw Moran is. That argument, yes. Third pick of the draft. Right. But the fact that they have won so much. First, we acknowledge them for winning. Now they've won so much, they've caught the Jazz and are tied for third. And they did it by beating the Warriors. Yeah, but the idea is John Morant needs to get out of Memphis. It, it, it's if you're it, gonna Desmond grab... Bain or, somebody, or Kyle uh, Anderson. They don't need to get out of Memphis. <laughs> it's John Morant. Yeah. A lot of people who say that have an agenda, as always. <laughs> they're in the big cities, and they want people to come there because they're better when their teams win. Just like we talk about, it's better to do the show here when our teams win. Yeah, I think it was one of those, uh, what's the ESPN? They got a thing called, is it on the radio called Get Up? And it's I on fl- TV, too. I, I've, oh, right, I know yeah. I know that. I see that yeah. here in the mornings. Right. But I, I think it's like a radio. The radio version of, of that? Yeah. And or they just simulcast it on there. This is where they were, I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but they were talking about that, and they're obviously based out of New York. Yeah. And they want the Knicks to be good. <laughs> and the Knicks and is good Julius Randle like years. the best player on the Knicks? Is he some big-time national celebrity? Nope. No, he's not. (laughs) Charisma, either have it or you don't. The way you play his game, and I haven't seen him interviewed enough. I I think if he had charisma, I'd know it. That's what I think. Right. He's fine. But his game doesn't. He's old school. They haven't won. Winning is what will bring you all the publicity. And sure, if you were to do it in L.A., Chicago, New York, you would get more publicity. I understand that. Dirk would have gotten more. But he's still got a lot. He's you going got to the all that you could possibly he's want. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's got the championship and he's more of everything yeah. is not needed. <laughs> you already have everything. Why do you need more of it? And in some ways, you become a prisoner. Jordan can't walk down the street. Who 
wants that, that? that house he couldn't sell that they they went into and they uh, they went back to the house I think as part of the uh, coverage around the the ten part special uh-huh. and he couldn't sell it. It had a theater in it and he built a theater in the house specifically because he can't go to the movies because the first thing that happens is people in front of him stand up and want an autograph and now nobody can see. You can't you can't do it. He's too big. Right. So he built a movie theater in his house. And now he can't sell a house because not that many people want to pay for it. I don't need a movie theater in my house. I'll just go to the theater. I would take one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and like Tiger, he had the doctor here. Uh-huh. I, I can't remember his name. He operated my kid. And, uh, you know, Tiger, and, and he would go to Park City, and he would rent out the entire place on Main Street. Yeah, they close up a restaurant for a night, and he'd just yeah. pay him to be closed. Yeah. Because otherwise, chaos ensues. Right, Because right. he's Tiger freaking Woods. Right. <laughs> right. So he'd come there, he'd do his thing. Who would want to live that life anyway? Well, it sounds good until you live it, but after you've done that for five or ten years, you wouldn't mind if it goes away, but the problem is you're such a big star, it doesn't tend to go away. No. And you could probably come up with some examples where the, the stardom did fade, but not really. In well, most ca- yeah, it in most fades cases. relatively. Yeah. I don't know that... And Shaq, you know, Shaq's still doing TV, and so... You're, you're choosing to accommodate the fame and all that, but how does... Yeah, well, he... And he's seven feet And he tall. loves it. He does. So, and Barkley loves it. Those, those types of things, they love it. Those guys. And there's a few of those guys out there. But you don't see Jordan running around doing that stuff. No. The guys would be smothered. I mean, so, I just... I've had it with that. And stay here. Do something different. Build it up. Let me tell you, man, fame is not what it's cracked up to be. Oh, man, let me tell you. I'm not on TV anymore because I got fired, but I'm still... You didn't get fired. Oh, ultimately, I did. You I'm got st- laid off. Oh, oh, okay, that's even better. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Details a, matter to you. I had a guy who went to Costco last night and mm-hmm. swore he thought it was me. But you didn't go to Costco, so it couldn't have been you. I did not go You've to Costco. You've got a doppelganger out there. <laughs> and he even had the guy pull out his driver's license. The, the guy got sick of him saying... How do you know pe-. this? He tweeted at me. Oh, really? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who knows you well enough to tell you the story would know it wasn't you. That's w- funny. Went to Costco last night, saw a person look exactly like you, stopped him to say hi, and I enjoy listening to you guys, radio show in the mornings. The dude pulled out his driver's license to prove to me that it wasn't you. I thought you were just messing with me. <laughs> well, you would have. <laughs> well, That's a decent theory by our listener. <laughs> I have a fake ID. You do not. <laughs> not. Not anymore. You may have at one point, but you don't now. <laughs> fame. The cost of fame. It's brutal. <laughs> Jazz and Cavaliers tonight. Joe Ingles listed as questionable. You think questionable means probable? Even though they list him as questionable? Just to cover themselves? The politics of the injured list? You count on seeing Joe tonight? I, I am because I think Locke had a thing last year. The percentage of play to questionable, questionable to play, was very high. Yeah. Can't remember what he said, but he said something. No, I know what you're lines. talking about, though, and and it does seem like that's just something NBA teams do to cover themselves in case a guy doesn't go. Well, we listed him as questionable, but deep down they all want him to go. <laughs> so by the time they get to questionable, it's like, come on, go, go. But missing Gobert is the bigger bigger piece of the puzzle, obviously. 
The Cavs will be running at the rim tonight. You know the game plan. No Gobert, attack the rim. Yeah, go uh, get him back. Get him back, man. I want him back. Aggies tonight. Aggies in Colorado State. CSU just lost their first game. Got blew up by, blown out by 30 over the weekend at San Diego State. At that point, there were three undefeateds. And yesterday, USC and Baylor both went down. So now there are no undefeated college basketball teams. Yeah, I'd run in the infield at SC. That was inexcusable. <laughs> he should have never lost to Stanford and missed those. How about coaching change at Baylor? Don't give up a 13-3 run to close the game? No, he won the title last year. so we'll, we'll He gets him. a little more time. Yeah. <laughs> Aggies game tonight, 6 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. Scotty G has a pregame coverage at 5.30. It'll be on 12.80 a.m. And then the Jazz will be on 97.5 FM will split the signals tonight. All right, coming up, your feedback. That's next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, and it is time for your feedback. Brought to you by Thrive Appliance. Every day is like a holiday sale at Thrive Appliance. Save 40 to 70% off name brand appliances. Thrive is receiving truckloads of new inventory every day. Visit thriveappliance.com to shop their updated inventory. All right, what have you had to say about today's show? Jeff says, in my opinion, Spider is a businessman. He wants a big market, place his name on all-star lists, and make more money earned via incentives. How much more cash is it worth to be in a bigger market? Back to your your point about, well, you can have more cash, but you really need more cash. Yeah. How much is it worth it to be with one team forever and be identified by that team? Not just in the market, but anywhere. Across all of Major League Baseball, what is it worth to Cal Ripken or Tony Gwynn? You can't put a price tag on it. No, if they don't want to resign him, like I think with Nash, he went, back, he went to Phoenix because they, Cuban didn't want to give him the deal. I mean, so that's business. I get, we, well, we all get that. That's not going to happen. Donovan's going to be not up. here locally, yeah, no. Here, but I'm Donovan's saying. going to be offered a max contract. But so to your point, some of the guys who moved were offered way more in one place and another, and if not money, years, which ends up being money too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's the Knicks, it is home, so there's something about that or the Nets. But it's not like the Knicks are you. I just don't think it's it's a guarantee he wants out because of market size, because he was seventh in the friggin' all-star voting. That just means there's a lot of ignoramuses out there. So you want to... Well, it's a popularity contest. Right, so you want to be voted in because you're popular? How about because you're really good? That doesn't have anything to do with it. It's a popularity contest. Wouldn't, wouldn't You'd it like mean it to more? be a really good contest. Yeah, but doesn't it mean something when the coaches choose you, the people who are paying attention, your peers? Don't, don't the opinions of those guys matter the most anyway than somebody over like Yao Ming in China used to just, they would go crazy over there? Respect inside the industry would always be a good thing regardless of the industry. The people who do what you do, who know what you know who pay attention with the level of yeah. detail that you pay attention to. I mean, with. I wouldn't know that. I don't get that. I think you would, because people who know radio think you're good at it. Oh, good. You, I feel better. You know Ian Furness knows radio, and you know Ian Furness thinks you're good at radio. I love Ian Furness. <laughs> See? <laughs> it does. It matters a lot. There's just so much to be had here. Kevin says, I cannot remember the last time I sat in my car listening to radio before going to work, but I did today. The interview with Tim Brando was outstanding. I wanted to hear all of it. Tim Brando was really good. We replayed it this morning. He was on yesterday. And if you miss that or you miss anything else and you want to hear it, everything is available wherever you get your podcasts. 
So, anything you missed? And Tim Brando was great on college football and the playoffs and the Pac-12. And you can find it wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts. Time right now to bring in Rod Rex, Lendroid Mortgage. You can act now to tap your equity using the new 2020 conventional loan limit. So, a new loan limit, uh, new interest rates. It's a new year, so everything's changing, apparently. Everything is changing pretty quickly right now in the mortgage industry. So, yeah. You definitely want to jump on this opportunity uh, because by the end of the year, even just a month or two out, interest rates could be significantly higher. Uh, We've already had three-eighths of a rate increase just in this week and a half since the new year began. So if rates continue to move up at that pace, it won't be long before rates will be in the fours and, and then possibly fives and maybe even sixes by the end of the year. So take advantage of those new loan limits. They're $100,000 higher than they were last year. So $647,200 is the new limit. And get that equity out. So if you're planning to uh, to do a remodel, do an addition, uh, you want to consolidate some debt, or you want to pull some money out to buy an investment property or put that money to work in the market for you, Do it now, lock in rates while they're still in the low threes on a 30, and then also in the mid twos on a 15-year. So when you say the rates are going up 3%, 4%, 5%, how much money is that out of somebody's pocket? Yeah, if we take a simple example, a loan of $400,000 on a 30-year term with a 3.5% rate versus a 4.5, it's an $83,000 difference in interest paid. If you compare a three and a half to a five and a half percent interest, that's a hundred and seventy-one thousand dollars additional interest. That's a big pile of money right there. All right, so if people have more questions, they want to get a hold of you and quiz you. What should they do? Best thing to do is just call our team, eight oh one approve. You can talk to any of our originators who can give you quotes and ideas on what your scenario would look like. And then you can also visit us online at LendRightMortgage.com. LendRightMortgage.com. Online at LendRightMortgage.com or call 801-APPROVE. 801-APPROVE. Rod, good to talk to you. Have a good day. Great to be with you guys. DJ and PK, we're out of here. Jake and Ben are coming up next. And Joe Ingles has been speaking at shoot-around, which is usually a very good sign that someone is going to play. He's questionable on the injury report, but when you're talking after shoot-around, odds are good. Jake and Ben will have that coming up. Stay with us.